Hey there, and welcome to Shadow Facts. That's facts as in horse treat-sized pieces of information, a podcast about Lord of the Rings. But only the horse parts. I'm Joey. And I'm Caitlin. And And this this is is our our oath. We vow to discuss every horse mentioned or visible in both the Lord of the Rings books and film adaptations, and we do mean every. We vow to rank every horse mentioned above. We vow to rewrite one of Tolkien's songs per episode to be about horses, live on the pod. And last but not least, we vow to answer the call of Gondor when the beacon is lit. By which we mean, answer your questions about Lord of the Rings horses to the best of our ability. Episode 11 slash 13. Our 13th episode. Depends on which timeline you follow. (laughs) I think it's actually very on brand for our podcast where we are not great at counting to have issues with the counting of the episodes. Yeah, honestly, Tolkien set us up for this by releasing a set of six books that everyone treats as a trilogy. And so we're constantly like in this like, oh, we're reading these you know, three chapters in book five, meaning Return of the King, the third part of the trilogy that Tolkien says is not a trilogy. So like, you know, there's precedent. Yeah, yeah. You know, this could be the tagline of our podcast, but it's also the adaptation issue, which we have talked about greatly of like book and movie, no lineup, but take it up with Peter Jackson. If you got a problem, take it up with Take it up with Peach. Yeah, I certainly do every time we record this <laughs> podcast. How many how many emails have you sent Peter Jackson from the Shadow Facts Gmail? I don't want to talk about Dear it. Dear Mr. Jackson, <laughs> I hope this email finds you. Uh, so um, speaking of the troubles of adaptations, we are here with an exciting new format. Yeah. From this point on, we will be covering either a section of the movie or a section of the book per episode and we're going to alternate. So today we are going to be talking about minute marker 4201 to 1 hour 10 minutes and 33 seconds in Return of the King. Film only. And Film next only. next episode We will be talking about the last three chapters in The Two Towers that we had set aside temporarily. Right. So chapter of the movie, not the book-wise, this is Minas Tirith through the end of Theoden's decision. Yes. And boy, this is a classic Shadow Facts where we got into it. We watched like half an hour of film and we were like, this is great. Life is grand. We are just out here thriving and watching 
And then we got bombarded with a lot of horses in like a minute and a half. Yeah, I mean, this was what, like 28 minutes total that we decided to cover? Right, which is a pretty small chunk, relatively. And yet... There are so many horses. I think this actually might be the most pages of notes I've taken for a single film segment so far. Wow, even that episode where we named, like, 80 horses in one episode? Even that episode where we named, like, 80 horses in one episode, I think. Let me let me do a little flipperoo. Yeah, yeah, actually, it if you condense it, because that episode was a lot of very messy diagrams, because we were still... Mm. We were younger, more naive horse archivists, and now I'm I'm, I'm still a younger, and... more naive horse archivist. <laughs> yeah. Uh. This is a good chunk of the movie. Yeah, yeah. There's some good stuff. We start with the Shadowfax galloping montage. That's what I wrote. Yeah. Which is Gandalf and Pippin on Shadowfax heading to. Gondor, and you just have all of these scenes of Shadowfax galloping through different like terrain. It's great, and also glorious. Pippin sleeping upright, propped against Gandalf as they ride with his little elf cloak hood up. It's great, just good, good Shadowfax galloping shots. You pointed out that Gandalf's or Ian McKellen's riding double is very visible in these scenes. Oh yeah, just there was. One where, you know, you've been seeing Gandalf's face close up and then it switches to farther away and we're seeing him from the back. And I just think the back, the shape of the back of his head is distinctly different. And I don't, I can't pinpoint what that is, but I just like, I mean, I knew it had to be the riding double because they were galloping, but also just seeing it, I was like, oh yeah, that is not Ian McKellen. It's just like the wrong shape. Yeah. Man, I would love to be a writing double, but, like, for, like, mediocre writers, you know? <laughs> like, I don't want to yeah. do, I can't do, like, the fancy tricks. I don't even necessarily want to do the high-speed, like, chases and fancy footwork. Just, like, yeah, there's a guy, there's a guy on a horse in this scene, and it can't be the, the lead actor because they're too expensive to risk. Like, I would love to be that. Yeah, I want to be a writing double in, like, period films like oh i want to be God. the jane austen adaptation writing double yeah where anything where you have a lot of fabric that billows out behind you and kind of drapes over the rump of the horse yeah Ugh. or you know scenes where it's like you and the person that you're falling in love with that you can't get you know within 12 feet of because of society and you're on horseback 12 feet apart, you know, mm. on the moors or whatever. The moors and are, then, yes, on the moors. And then maybe it starts raining and, you know, you end up drenched and all the white, like, muslin that you wear is ah. just <laughs> drenched. <laughs> jo- Joey, please. I know we already have an explicit tag, but this is the first time I think we've oh really God. earned it, you know? <laughs> I don't know where I went there. Oh no, my um, riding gloves anyways. are clinging to, are clinging to my pale wrists. 
you are actually hiding <laughs> your face. <laughs> this is coincided. Look, I started drinking a cider and lately anytime I drink, I'm getting really bad alcohol flush. And mm-hmm. I just want to say that the shade of red I am right now is from that, not from blushing. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> um, okay. So they make it across the plains and to Minas Tirith proper. We get a really cool like establishing shot of the Ring City, which I I am such a sucker for like all the visuals of Minas Tirith. Like I very love it. Mm-hmm. And then they ride through the city, which I think are actually like some really cool shots because it's a bunch of like cuts of like Gandalf just plowing through this pedestrian space which explicitly doesn't have many horses no these city folk have to like jump out of the way because shadowfax is just like running down sidewalks and up staircases (laughs) right yeah there's i do love i love the audio of like running horse on the stone streets which we haven't heard a lot of because there's not that many like paved surfaces in middle earth yeah um but we did talk about how harrowing it is, how much of this, because there, Gandalf is, like, making his way, it's, like, you know, a big upward spiral, and so he's mm-hmm. riding consistently uphill bareback on this, like, slippery cobblestone in a way that makes me go, yeah. ooh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What had you been starting to say? Oh, I'll actually, I'm gonna save that. We'll get there in a little bit. Okay. So, there is a background horse. One yes. other horse in Minas Tirith. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the, the one horse in Minas Tirith. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, Eowyn and Arwen and like Rosie, Cotton, and Galadriel <laughs> the are the, t- the only four women in Middle Earth. And this is the only other horse in Minas we, Tirith. We might have to cut this, but it's the one top in the polycule. <laughs> uh, yeah. So tell um, us about this horse. <clears throat> yeah, so Shadowfax is galloping by, and in the background there is, like, a draft sort of horse. It is a chestnut, big surprise, wearing some kind of harness. And it's weird because we were a little torn at first about whether it was a saddle or a harness because there is something, like, on its back, but it doesn't extend as far down its sides as a saddle would, nor are there mm-hmm. stirrups or anything. So we think it is some kind of harness, possibly to which you could attach, like, panniers or something, baggage. Yeah, well, and it has it has that, like, strap over its rump that I associate yeah. with horses that are gonna be, like, yoked to something. Yeah. Um, anyways, it has white socks on both back legs. Tall, tall white socks on both back legs. Um, mm-hmm. like, knee height, I think. With lightly feathered fetlocks. Like, not quite as shaggy as, like, some of those, you know, big Clydesdales or whatever, um, but a little, a little bit of feathering. Um, and yeah, and it's, white... its back legs seemed, seemed far more feathered than its front legs to me. We could not see its front legs. Oh, maybe that's why. Yeah. I don't, I think, <laughs> I think that its front legs were, like, blocked by a person or something because mm, i okay, only okay. remember seeing the back ones it sticks out yeah it sticks out in my head that i remember thinking that the back legs were more than the fronts mm. but maybe that is just i don't know you know i don't i i could be wrong but 
That's what we know. And yeah, white blaze. You described, I really liked it. Uh, it's kind of a thick white white blaze, and you described it as a proper blaze. Well, yeah, because- Which felt very Samwise to me. <laughs> we use blaze a lot when sometimes we actually mean stripe because- a blaze is like a pretty wide using terminology inaccurately on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, who would have thunk? Surely not. Surely not. You must be thinking of that other horse-themed Lord of the Rings podcast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it is. It is an actual blaze, not a stripe that we're just calling a blaze because we're lazy. <laughs> um. Yeah. What do you want to name this horse? The one workhorse in all of Minas Tirith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Oh, the name that comes to mind just now is Cartwright. Because... Oh, that's cute! Because it's like, yeah. you know, like, uh, it feels very, like, British surname, but, um... Yeah. D- W-R-I-G-H-T? Yeah. Yeah, that's cute. I like it. Good. Great. Okay. And then we have no horses for a long time, but we do have good movie stuff that we actually have the space to talk about since we're doing an Oops All Movie episode. Yes. They they ride into the courtyard in front of, like, the palace thing. And there is a fountain and a tree. Are your questions about the logistics of fountain tree finally answered? Finally satisfied? No. <laughs> they're not <laughs> and i'll tell you why because the tree and fountain in this instance were not actually close enough together for water to be spraying from the fountain onto the tree and dripping off back into the water as is described in the book i mean obviously peter jackson chose to reconcile this by just like having you know the tree is just off center the fountain is the centered thing and the tree is off center and the tree is actually sort of like growing out of like the courtyard the like paving stones mm-hmm. which i was like maybe that tree would have stayed alive if it were no, growing out I'm of no i'm no tree doctor <laughs> soil but I think... instead of fucking rocks <laughs> I just, well, I was saying this, I don't know if I said this out loud about the book, I can't remember, but, like, it's, it would also be bad for a tree to just, like, be in a fountain or, like, be, you know, drowning in water constantly. And I say that because um, a certain college that will remain nameless, I guess, has lost multiple of their, like, big old oak trees on the quad because they water the grass on the quad to keep it green and it has rotted the roots of all of those oak trees and then they die and either fall over or have to be cut down oh that's a shame it is a shame and it's all because like they want the grass to look nice and green for you know promotional photography for their fucking school yeah listen there's a whole like phd to be written about like the importance of the quad to the soul of the modern american college yeah I just have feelings about overwatering trees. This tree does not look overwatered. It looks underwatered and it's fucking growing out of rocks. I mean, it looks like it doesn't matter anymore because it's a fucking dead tree. It's a dead ass skeleton tree. Yeah, it is very dead. There's, and so they like go to walk in to their audience with Denethor. And we talked about this when we talked about the same passage in the book, but I really love Gandalf is kind of explaining to Mary, like, okay, like, don't say anything about Boromir. Don't say anything about 
T- Pippin. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I can tell them apart. This is my friend Mary and Pippin. <laughs> they must not be separated. I'm gonna name a child that Marion Pippin. <laughs> Marion Pippin. Marion Pippin. Um. So there, Gandalf is explaining all of the things that Pippin oughtn't talk about to Denethor. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, mayn't talk about to Denethor. <laughs> and then says, maybe it would be better if you didn't speak at all, which I really love. Yeah. They go in and you made a comment about like the sound design of Gandalf's boots on the... Yeah, and his staff because oh, yeah, it's a his, huge yes. echoing like marble hall and Gandalf, Pippin, and Denethor are the only people in it. Yeah. So it's this really great moment of like echoes. I was thinking in that moment about Pippin's bare feet just slapping on the marble the way <laughs> we have Slappy sometimes... Slappy feet like we play an Animal exactly. Crossing. Exactly! <laughs> I just want to say if you play Animal Crossing and you haven't done yeah. this yet, take off your shoes and socks go into the museum and just run around like the art gallery with your... the marble foyer. And yeah. ideally get as many as your friends in there too. And just yes. crank that volume. Yeah. Just it's horrible. Run around slappy feet on, God. on the marble floor. So that's what I, I was thinking about, about when that. you said that about Gandalf's staff. I was like, Pippin's slappy feet. But we didn't really hear that, that I remember. Um, and then they talk to Denethor. He fucking sucks. Yeah. He fucking sucks. What a trash bag of a man. So many, so many bad dads in Middle Earth, TBH. Yeah. I mean, he's the baddest, right? There's not a badder dad. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's the, I think he's the baddest dad. Although, like, arguably most of the dads we see on screen are not great. Like, Sam's dad isn't great. Um, do we ever see Arwen's dad wait, isn't great. do we ever see Sam's dad? Not in the movie. Do we in the book? I mean, he talks about the gaffer, but I thought that was his grandfather. Oh, you're right. You're right. I think. I mean, presumably, if the gaffer treats his grandson that way, yeah, he was also a bad dad. I think that are those all the dads? Frodo's Frodo. We don't see Frodo's parents. They're dead. Yeah, we. Eowyn's dead. Eowyn's... Well, no. A- dad no. is also dead. Also dead. We have, you know, a uncle-slash-father figure in Theoden who... Oh, yeah, whose actual son dies. Right. But he is, like, not around until after that. Yeah. He is a complicated dad, I think. Like, not as bad as some of the others, but, like, especially in the book when he's like, man, who is gonna... You know, there's no one left to take care of Meduseld while he's, I... He's a, he's a bad father figure to Eowyn sometimes, yeah. yeah. But he, he's also the most, like, compelling portrait of, like, paternal grief. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, dads. Yeah, John, John Hurt is so, like... This scene is, is difficult to watch. And Pippin, of course... Like, immediately fucking swears service to Denethor, which is like, no! Yeah. I do really like Gandalf's expressions as this interaction, like, plays out. And then, you know, as Denethor commands Pippin to his feet, like, Gandalf, like, lightly hits him with the staff and is like, get up! I had really mixed feelings about Gandalf in this segment. 
Um, because I think like in the book, Pippin is obviously like feeling, you know, there's that moment where they're back in the room together after this conversation in, in the book. And Pippin is like, Gandalf, are you mad at me? Like, <laughs> and, yeah. and Gandalf is like, no. And they have like some sweet, like moments there. And I feel like Gandalf does soften a little when they're back at the room together. But overall, I think they play up Gandalf's harshness like throughout this scene and and it just all flattens out a little bit in a way that's disappointing to me. You know, I think when you're just watching the movie, like there's some comedy there and this and that, but I don't know. It makes it makes me sad. Yeah. Like I mean there there is sweetness in the scene that we'll get to, like when they're back mm-hmm. in there rooms but yeah it is not as is not as much as in the books i think in the books when gandalf tells pippin like don't talk about this and don't talk about this he also gives pippin a little more there he's like denethor is really skilled at you know this and that i'm trusting you to like not play into that it's not in the movie it plays much more like pippin you're a fucking idiot so just keep your mouth shut well, and also there's the context of, like, in the book, they have spent the entire ride with, like, Gandalf explaining the context in history to Pippin, yes. which doesn't happen in the movie. So Pippin is walking into that situation way more, um... Yeah, like, un- unprepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like like the movie does in general with the Hobbits, they are more naive than they are in the books obviously like there's naivete at play in the books but like we get more nuance there and i think overall in the films you know they are played a little more like these sort of like hapless bumbling well and specifically like that is pippin and gandalf's that's the way they interact like in the movies dynamic yes like when Pippin knocks the orc's helmet down the well in Moria. Right. Like, fool of a took. Like, yeah. that's that's their that's their whole thing in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it, it didn't strike me. It didn't strike me when I was watching it as, like, a thing I was sad to see in the adaptation. But I very much see it when you point it out. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's has to do with, like, I generally like Gandalf as a character. And I... And I want to like him. And I know that, like, he has his moments of being sort of cryptic and, you know, losing his temper a little bit. But there are times that he, I guess, like, crosses the line a little more in the movies for me. And then it's hard for me to reconcile that with thinking that he's a good person as sort of holy as I do otherwise, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, what are what are other moments that, like, cross that line for you? I think, I mean, like, I know this is, like, pretty minor. Like, to me, the sort of, like, when Pippin is kneeling and Gandalf, like, you know, thwacks him um, to, like, get up. It just, it feels really, I mean, A, like, it's mild as violence go, but it is, like, it's physical. And it feels really sort of humiliating, to me like Pippin is struggling to deal with this whole situation and yeah it I don't know it crosses the line for me 
there to have Gandalf treat him. I mean, not even, I was going to say like a dog. I wouldn't kick a dog, you know, like. <laughs> I, I don't um, think that's, I, I know you're not saying that's like the equivalence, but that scene strikes me much more as like the frustration of watching someone you care about do a thing that you know is bad for them and just feeling that like frustration of like, oh, you fucking did it. Like I told you not to do it and you did it. And it's gonna, it, this is, it's not because it annoys me, yeah. it's because it's going to harm you. Like, the consequences of your own actions are going to fall on you. And that's yeah. how it strikes me. But I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But then, like, the body language that, that matches that in my head more would be for Gandalf to sort of, like, grab his shoulder and haul him up. But I'm also, like, I tend to be pretty like hypersensitive or attuned to that I don't know that kind of interaction. And I mean it's it, it is always interesting how like this is not a particularly like nuanced I mean it's only as nuanced as like all human communication is like it's interesting how many times in this series we've like kind of like fallen down a hole of like a thing that doesn't on its face seem that complicated and like the different ways that it can be interpreted and how it Mm -hmm. feels different to different people it's interesting yeah absolutely and like you know as much as like i mean we both have relatively similar life experiences in terms of like we are both white people and we're both like the same age and come from like uh i think fairly similar like economic background right um, and, and even we just vastly different experiences, like yeah. really different lenses sometimes. Um, and then thinking about like, okay, if we who have like various similarities are coming at it with these different perspectives, then everyone else is going to be viewing it in all of these different ways too, which is interesting. I know it really is that like, oh God, I've never <laughs> like fully understood a human emotion before in my life and I never will. And that's why we count horses to cope with the unknowability of. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. um, wait. <sighs> oh, uh, we get up. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's in this scene that the title is said. <laughs> yeah, I was that. that yeah, is that what you were I love. I love when they say the title of the thing, and Gandalf says, "You cannot resist the return of the king." Yeah. I can't resist the return of the king either. <laughs> oh, damn. That really resists the return of my king, you know? Mm. Mm. Shout out to Ruby. They 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 do the thing in another in another scene coming up too. Um when we cut to Sam Frodo yes. and Gollum. Yes, yes. Where yes. they say the title of the thing, which it just I, I was I was thrilled to get one, much less to get two. Like back so to back. close together, yeah. Yeah, anything else on Minas Tirith before we cut to Sam Frodo and Gollum? Nope, that's all I have. The, the worst iteration of Three's Company. God, and Gollum's fucking creepy-ass faces. Oh, it's so, it's so bad. Yeah, so Sam, what, what happens in this scene? Well, the quote... Oh, we're not, we're not, we're not to the stairway where Sam scold scholar no no this is this is the place with the statue and the trees (laughs) yes joey is making a a wide circle with their hands the chapter is called sam's warning this is the scene where 
uh, Sam is like, if anything, if you do anything wrong, you it will be it will be on site, Mr. Gollum. Yeah, but I thought that was I thought that happened at the stairway. Is that? Oh no no no! The stairs the stairs happen maybe later. So chapter wise, yeah, this is the king has a crown. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. No no no. You're you're right. Sam's warning is later. Okay. Um, Great. The quote I have written here is, we're not in decent places because Sam says something like, I don't know, something in decent places and then Gollum says we're it's, not It's in something about like being places. able to like stop for tea or something. Yeah. And this is when Gollum is still doing his like very chipper. <laughs> He's being his like very yeah. chipper persona and it's mm-hmm. kind of off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. Frodo... And this is also where we get... Oh my god. Uh, this is where, yes, we get that passage from the book that we liked so much about the, like, statue of the king having a crown of flowers and the sun yeah, hitting it. Yeah, which I, like, this area in general in the book I think is much more striking. Like, they come to this and it is literally like this circle of really huge tree trunks. Um, and it's mm-hmm. And it's, like, a crossroads also. And in the movie, it's like, okay, they're just wandering through some trees. Um, you don't really get, like, the the sense of place. But the statue, the head of the statue of the king being, you know, on the ground with flowers on it and the sunlight hitting it as the sun sets, that's done nicely, I think. Yes, with the, like, yes, I agree. I like I like the shots of the thing itself. It does, of course, like, before and after cut to some, like, water. Because it's like the sun is, like, behind clouds and Mm -hmm. comes out for a second and shines on it. And then, I don't know if you remember this, but it, like, cuts to, like, some water and there's some, like, dramatic. And then you see the sun on the crown and they kind of have their moment of dialogue. And then you see the clouds kind of part again and it goes back to the water and it, like, de-sparkle-fies so even though I like the shot itself, there is there is some, like, PJ yeah. going on there, yeah. you know? Yeah. This is where we get that other line, which is that Frodo is getting, <laughs> I don't know, maybe Frodo is acting sad or something. Frodo, this is, this is where Frodo, because we haven't had this scene really in the movie yet. Like, Frodo in the books has said, like, I don't think we're coming oh, back. Right. And they're talking, and Frodo says, like, I'm I'm not so sure. I'm beginning to think we might not come back, Sam. And Sam going says, there the and back again, up. just like Mr. Bilbo. And there and back again. The name is, of the of course, thing! The name of the, the book that this sort of is. There and back again, A Hobbit's Tale. <laughs> and then the little sitcom intro plays. Yes. <laughs> Freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> And then you see all the <laughs> hobbits smoke, like on smoke. the edge of a fountain, and it's the whole friends intro, and <laughs> uh, it, it's all the hobbits like doing something, and then like freezing and like looking over their shoulder at the camera and like smiling really cheesy, like it's like Mary and Pippin like being menaced by orcs, and then it like freeze frames and they like look back over their shoulder and smile. Great, so that scene happens, and then it goes back to Gandalf and Pippin. And they're back yeah. at their lodging. 
They're think, in their rooms. And they're in yes. their rooms. Yeah, they're lodging. Oh, okay. That's not what I. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what in their did lodging. you think I heard? I said what? Mm. I don't know. I heard that you said something. I just didn't understand what it was and was just did not bother to like. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, yes, they're in their rooms. Gandalf is being sort of surly and but starts coughing, and then Pippin goes and gets him a cup, of, like pours him a cup of water, and comes and offers it to him, and it's really cute. That scene has never struck me before, and I was feeling so tender yeah. about it because it's like it's absolutely. It is both, like, a gesture of friendship, but it's, like, that's, like, what I do for my mom. Like, when my mom and I share space, it's those, like, little, like, nothing needs to be said kind of, like, physical gestures. And then they Um, actually, like, they talk a little bit more. Gandalf talks about the Nazgul, and we see, I think we see a shot of, like, the Witch King having his, like, helmet put on, and Gandalf tells Pippin, like, you've met him before when he stabbed Frodo at Weathertop. And then there's, like, a flashback to that. Yeah, that montage is yeah. spooky. Uh, and then that... The, actually, I do want to talk about the, like, run-up to that scene, which is, like, Gandalf is being like, yeah, like, shit's about to kick off. Like, oh, there are right. no more yeah. stars. The battle is upon us. And Pippin, trying to be cheerful, is like, but, like, we've got the white wizard, right? And Gandalf's oh. face falls. And that's when he talks about the Witch King of Angmar. And I... That intro just... yeah. Ugh, yeah, hurts. and I don't remember exactly what, because we're kind of going back and forth between them and Frodo, Sam, and Gollum, so I said, like, Gandalf talking about the Nazgul transitions to Frodo, Sam, and Gollum because I think we're seeing one flying over, and then it's flying over where they are also. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's the end of the scene. Yeah, And they're in front of sort of the those gates with the horrible gargoyle things. Yeah, yeah. So they're outside. They're outside Kareth Uncle. Yes, and I wrote. And there's Peter Jackson. The, the stature you're talking about is like a horrible devil with a very, very long tongue. Yeah, but there are two of them. They're like flanking mm-hmm. the sort of entrance. Yeah. Um, I wrote Peter Jackson is happening because. <laughs> yeah, dude. Suddenly, there's like the whole city green is light and like there's sound. And there's and a big beam, like something in the in the city does something, and then there's a beam of light up to the sky that Gandalf sees at Minas Tirith. I don't even know. I don't. Oh, and that I, happens. I have no idea what that is. So Gollum is like, okay, we gotta hurry up this staircase. Like, there's the staircase. We gotta go. And Frodo starts being pulled like toward that building. And is stumbling toward it, and then Sam has to run after him and like pull him back. Yeah, I assume I assume it's actually to the Witch King, like who is inside yes. that building and about to like yeah. lead the troops. Out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, jo- Joey, when we were watching this, like every time I can feel your frustration rise every time that Frodo is like ring compelled. Like what you said <laughs> while Frodo is kind of like clutching the ring inside of his shirt and like stumbling towards the front gate and. As this is happening, like Sam, it's like the knife video. Like, what do you, what do you have? A knife? Yeah. No. Like Sam is on the stairs, like no. And Gollum makes just like this ah, like stress <laughs> scream, and like leaps off the stairs to go get him. And you, while we we're watching, are like Frodo, not now. <laughs> it just, it's very like, funny. I know that he's compelled and whatever, but I just, <laughs> <laughs> ugh. Yeah. Um, 
and then that beam of and light happens to, and it right, like to knocks. them it sort of seems like oh that light is in response to frodo getting too close and it doesn't seem like that's actually what's it, it's unrelated it reads that way to me that to to the hobbits and Gollum, for a second it's like oh shit like what, what do we do yeah right but they like hide on the stairway and then a bunch of like horrible orc troops march out and i guess then the dread beast and witch king like fly out that beam of light happens the witch king's fell beast like steps out and he like roars and then the gates open and everyone marches out past and he's watching them and then like flies over them right and then pippin and gandalf are on their like little balcony seeing the same light Yes. Um, there's one last thing. So so there's two things to talk about in this Sam Frodo scene left. Mm-hmm. Um, one is Sam's warning, which yeah, I then just he, a second. Then right. he gives the warning. But before that, I do want to talk about the way that the stairs are filmed because it works as intended and that it gives me an intense sense of vertigo every time because mm. they're so steep as you're like looking up at them that it feels like you're looking down even, even though you're oh. not. Yeah. Um, I, like, uh, they have always had this effect on me. It's it's very unsettling. Interesting. Yeah, I wrote, don't touch my boyfriend from Sam, which is not his exact words, but that is what he means. He yeah. says to Gollum, like, I don't know what's in this tunnel, but if anything happens to Frodo, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, because it's the first time he's mentioned the tunnel. Like, he's always said the passageway is the stairs. And as they're going up here, they're like, come on, the stairs, the stairs. And then the tunnel. And Sam's like, hold on a minute. (laughs) And gives, I I think, a a good little, like, if a single hair rises on the back of my head, I will fuck you up speech. Yeah. And Gollum responds with a very creepy little grin. It's so it's so creepy. And I, that's an interesting moment because, like, Sam has overheard. I can't remember if this is true in the movies as well, but in the books. It is. Sam. Sam yeah, Sam, Sam knows. Sam has explicitly overheard Gollum's plan. Yeah, I don't think he has heard it as explicitly in the movie as he does in the book, but he knows that something is up. Right. Yeah. It, so it's, it is both a creepy smile and also, like, it's an interesting reversal because, like, so much of what makes these, like, Sam Frodo Gollum interactions so painful is, like, two people understanding something that a third person does not. And so usually yeah. that's, like, Frodo and Gollum having the shared understanding that, like, Sam can't access. And here, it's Sam and Gollum, like, we are on the fucking level and, like, Frodo doesn't get it, but, like, I see you and I know. And so I think it yeah. makes that moment really interesting. Yeah, and I mean, it's so painful because, like, Sam can't tell Frodo because Frodo thinks that Sam is just, like, being, I don't know. Yeah, Frodo Frodo can't, Frodo can't. Like, Frodo can't see all of, yeah. Yeah. Also, we noticed something about Gollum in this scene. Oh, no! I had (laughs) forgotten! It's awful! You need to... This is your wretched knowledge, so you must be the one to bear it. So we get this close-up on Gollum's face, and I was like, wow, he has more eyebrow than Ottergorn does. It's true! It's not... It's close to true. I don't know that it's actually true. They have an equivalent amount of eyebrow proportionate to face. 
disturbingly similar amount That's, of I hate eyebrow. that. I hate it. <laughs> it's it's bad. It's bad. And then we cut back to Ministeria. Speaking of Oh, yes. Speaking of Sorry, I was so my next note says our sad boy and I was going to say speaking of Ottergorn, but I meant Faramir. That note is about Faramir. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, not not quite, because before that we have the secret lighting of the beacon, which we don't need to talk about a lot. Uh, no. When when do we have Faramir? We have Faramir at Osgiliath Invaded. Yeah, but we start seeing, we have shots of Faramir at Osgiliath before the full invasion. I think those are like intercut. I have secret lighting of the beacon, and then what is Faramir's second name written down? So it's like cutting back and forth between them, I think. Yeah, because here's the thing. Fer- when Pippin lights the beacon, then we have the whole beacon montage that leads us to Ottergorn, and then all of the horses there. Yeah. Okay, so do you, do you so, just want to do Faramir stuff now and get it over with? Yes. So at 110.35, the Osgiliath orc battle continues, but we we actually stopped like we watched a little bit of that and then decided that we weren't going to cover it. Um, so we actually just have a little bit of it, but not as much as you're remembering because we decided not to cover. Right. I know. I know. I'm also like, I'm looking at the chapter list and the chapter list is Minas Morgul, Sam's warning, which is the same. We just talked about it. Pippin's task. Osgiliath invaded the lighting of the beacons. So it cuts back and forth between Faramir and the lighting. Yeah. Lighting of the beacons is the montage scene. Pippin's task is when he actually, like, he, because yeah. we get that scene before the, yeah, the yeah, montage yeah. of yeah. the beacons being lit. I just, what I, literally, what I have written is, at one hour and three seconds, I wrote, Our Sad Boy, which is definitely Faramir. At yeah. one hour, four minutes and 20 seconds, I wrote, Orcs Cross Little Gangway, um, which is still in Osgiliath. We've been there for, like, four minutes. And the orcs have been coming up in boats and then they run, they like put down a little thing and run across. And then I wrote Pippin Lights Beacon and then I wrote Denethor's Grimace and then I wrote Horses. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yes. So that scene that you're describing is the chapter Us Gilead Invaded. So, like, Pippin's task is him, like, it's Gandalf being, like, I have a thing that I need you to do, and it's Gandalf, like, being oh, shady okay. on the street, like, trying to avoid the eye contact of the guards as Pippin okay. climbs up to the beacon. Right. Yes, and then we cut to Faramir. Yeah, so it doesn't, there. I guess it doesn't yeah. matter which order we talk about it, and we've spent as much time talking about the yeah, order. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was happening. just trying to, like, make sense of what my note no, said. Um, totally. But yes, no, I mean, yes, so Gandalf and Pippin, uh, yeah, and there is that great shot of them making their way through that little sort of, like, storage area with the hanging bundles of Yeah, we talked about, it's such a weird, cozy little moment because there's, like, little woven baskets and hanging herbs and, like, a hay bale. It's just nice. It's just a nice yeah. little moment. It's great. I also, I really like this scene because it feels like a moment of, like, giving Pippin some of his, like, competence back. And and it's also, like, the Hobbit's, like, kind of stealthiness that we've talked about being erased from the movies. But, like, this is Pippin's opportunity to, like, do an important task and not get caught in it. And he does it. Yeah. Good job, Pippin. He totally does it. Um, Yeah, he climbs up there. He 
flights you know, that dang pours beacon. some oil, he throws some fire on there, and it is ablaze. And Gandalf is, like, standing there looking, like, as unsuspicious as he can, which makes him look very suspicious. It's very funny. There's a scene, like, two guards walk past, and he, like, ducks his yeah. head to avoid uh, eye contact like, with them, which is real funny. He's pretty noticeable. You know, like, he's the only wizard. He's wearing all white. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's not like he's just going to blend in. But anyways, um, intercut with that is Faramir um, at Osgiliath. And they're sort of, he and his men are patrolling. Basically, they're expecting an invasion, but they're expecting it from like the north or whatever. And They're expecting it, yeah, by land from the north. And instead, the orcs are secretly crossing the river. secretly except they have a shit ton of torches yeah in one scene you can like see all of their torches or lanterns or whatever through the fog and i'm like really no one has noticed them yet yeah but i mean it works anyways someone finally sees them and is about to shout but they kill him with an arrow before he can but then his body falls down like the staircase to some of the other and Faramir and his second, who were standing, like, way the fuck far away here, and are, are the ones who, like, run over to see what happened. And then Faramir himself goes up the stairs to, like, hmm, what happened? Like, this guy got shot with an arrow. I better go take a look up there. Yeah. Also, like, lots of the men are wearing helmets. Faramir, definitely not. I like, know. Like, please, like, you need one. He's wearing his little, like, soft ranger outfit and no, like, real armor or helmet. I know. Like, protect your noggin, buddy. So we have seen this man now several times, but Faramir Second, who he's, like, conferring with at the beginning of the shot, we kept saying, like, who is this man's name? Who is Faramir Second? Faramir Second. I looked it up. His name is Madril, which won't matter for long, but that's that's for next time. Yep. (laughs) Faramir directs his men silently to, like, get behind these pillars and wait like right where the boats are being pulled up so the orcs like land thinking that they are taking them by surprise and then Faramir and his men jump out and attack them but it's still rough. It's so tense because it's the thing they're like Scooby-Doo hiding behind columns as all these orcs run past them. Yeah. The battle scenes which didn't bother me when I was younger I just find so much more intense than I used to find, even though I've seen them a million times. Like, I find myself when we're watching them, like, each time something yeah. happens, being like, <gasps> like, I just find them so much more, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. They're, they They're are super unpleasant. unpleasant. Anyways, and then we cut back to the beacon yeah, montage. which is very pretty. And we see Denethor at some point in that. Oh, yeah. Um, Denethor <laughs> is, like, looking out of this little window and sees that the beacon has been lit and, like, gives this grimace. And then, like, kind of, like, retreats into the shadows. It's, like, three seconds of just yeah. straight villain shit. Yeah, I don't know. He's just, like, this weird little, gremlin. like, goblin yeah. villain man in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, gremlin. Yeah. Yeah. But then the montage. The, yeah, the montage. What? I was going to say, like, what do you want to say about the, the lighting the lighting of the beacon montage? Uh, it starts slowly, is what I'll say, because, like, the one beacon is lit, and then there's sort of this, like, wide shot. And I was like, wait, is that another beacon, or is that the beacon we were just looking? I don't know. It felt unclear to me initially. Like, I wanted there to be a little more, like, momentum build at first. But then it's, like, glorious, because you see, like... Because the deal is, when the first beacon is lit, 
everyone at the other beacons is just like, well, the people at the second beacon see that the first beacon is lit and they're like, oh, we got to light the second beacon. So, so they scramble to do that. And then the third beacon alights and then, you know, and we're just getting these shots of like snowy mountains and like beacons on these high places. And one after another, they're like becoming a flame. It has the the wonderful, like, inevitability of, like, dominoes. Like, it's really satisfying. Yes. Yeah. I will say, like, some of those beacons are, like, just on top of these very snowy peaks. And I'm like, oh, okay, there are not people there. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 for that beacon to light, there have to be people who just, like, are there all the time keeping watch. And a lot of those beacons are pictured in places that like shh, 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 there's no sign of people there or being No, able to I know, be I know, there. I know. <laughs> Just enjoy the majesty, okay? Anyways, and finally, the majesty of the the domino beacons leads us to Aragorn spilling us a bowl of soup to the majesty of something else, which is uh, Aragorn. The return of the king. Yeah. He is sitting like on a little stoop with a bowl like of silhouetted soup. against the mountains. And he sees the beacon and he stands up to look better. And he's holding a bowl of soup when he's he's still holding it when he stands up. And then you get a close up on his face. And he looks great. He, he looks yeah, we've talked about this. He looks like clean in a way looks, that really does it for me. Right. But, he looks clean but still like scruffy enough that he has the ranger look that is exciting not like clean sterile like him at his coronation ceremony look it just looks like he's shampooed you know what i think it is in the coronation scene it's not just that his hair is clean but it's clearly been like brushed out in a way that makes his hair like fluffier he has a full beard at the coronation scene and at this point he still has the like scruff you know which i think makes right well and and his curls his, like, little, like, kind of curly bangs and, like, waves still have mm-hmm. definition because they haven't been, mm-hmm. like, brushed through to mm-hmm. make them fluffy. And I think that is a better look than the, like, fluff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so we get this close-up on him and then he wheels around and takes off running. Soup, nowhere in sight. So we can only assume nowhere to be seen. that as he stood there Rip. staring at the beacon, he just dropped his soup on the ground. Rip soup. I'm choosing to believe that it was more Eowyn soup and he yeah, was perfectly I mean, happy that is to, to abandon it. And then he does the funniest little run. Yeah, he's he's running like through Edoras and like up those like weird kind of like half length steps well, that are he's, really he's awkward. taking them two at a time. That's why well, no, no, no. That, those oh, are the right, actual before stairs. That. Yes, because into... it's like this like graduated walkway. They're like yeah. stairs Right, but they're Mm -hmm. really shallow and long, and so you have to do kind of like a weird hit, like hitched giddy up to like get over them. And then he's taking the stairs two at a time, and his like his elbows are pumping, like he is working but losing momentum. Yeah, um, it's just it's a little goofy. Yeah, and then he arrives, and it's a bummer because we just saw him looking nice, and he arrives, and he is immediately like sweaty and disheveled. Yeah, he's not as greasy as he sometimes gets, but he has definitely like in that run. Um, been sort of, uh... Goobed. Yeah. He's gotten sweaty. He's added a layer of grease. <laughs> One of many. Yeah. Um, and he's like, the beacons are lit! 
And then there's this moment of suspense when, yeah. like, everyone is like, is is Theoden going to say, okay, let's go? Or is Theoden going to say, we don't owe them anything? And it really feels like he's going to say, we don't owe them anything for a second. And then he... Where was Gondor oh, when the right. beacons were lit? Exactly. And then finally he says whatever he says. Do you remember the line? He says, we will we will ride to the end of Gondor, something, something, something. Muster the Rohirrim! And it's great. Eowyn is there looking gorgeous. She's wearing this great necklace. Yeah, yeah just everything. Yeah. Everything, everything. Yeah, and then... And then... And then we get... We have about a minute and a half, maybe two minutes left of movie and this is where all the horses are so many fucking horses yeah so let's let's dive in let me pull up the google doc yeah so what i will say about this is Uh canonically we have seen all of these horses before at helm's deep so we are not adding these horses to the count because they have already been counted what we are doing is when there are horses that we can see individually well enough, we are naming them, but saying like, you know, they were already part of this group that's been counted. So we're just giving them individual names. That's the deal. That's what we're doing. So uh, these are a bunch of shots in short succession. So what we'll do is give you the timestamp of each and kind of say like generally what's happening on screen and then get into it. The first one, this was this is like right after Theoden's line is at 10804. Yep. And this is a shot with kind of the center of the shot is um or someone mounting a chestnut horse and then there's some horses kind of splayed out behind them. So this chestnut that's being mounted has some like white flecks on its nose. It has face armor with a stitched leather ridge running down the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's what I have for that first horse. Yeah, I have uh, five horses listed in oh, the scene. So oh, yeah. Do you want to kind of go over... Like, um, go over this set of five and then we'll name those and then go to the next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. Okay. So we have that chestnut behind it. Everything else kind of, if you picture, like, a backwards arc to the right of this horse, it's all along there in order from left to right. Yes. So horse number two, I wrote chestnut, sunny butt, rider holding standard. So I think we see the butt of this horse and the sun is shining on it. Yep. Yep. And it's a chestnut. Yep. Yep. Next to that, what do we have? We have a bay facing right whose neck mm-hmm. is like very dramatically curved um, mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. beginning of the shot. And it has face armor with the really prem- prominent brow ridges that we've seen on other oh, horses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Arad, um, Arad is a great example. Even though it doesn't have the same scale mill, it has those. They're not like, they're not like blinders, but... Did Arad have eyebrow ridges that were that? I thought he had eyebrow ridges, but not like those sort of like whole like cups. No, no, no. We remember, remember in the scene later where we see Legolas and Gimli talking, and you can see how big they are, and we were laughing about it. Okay. 
I mean, I remember there being a scene with another horse, but I could, I hadn't connected that to Arod in my head, but I believe you. And then next to that, to the right farther, is a chestnut. We can only see its ear and rump, mm-hmm. I think. It has yep. no rider and no saddle, presumably. We can tell that there's no rider. We're assuming that there's no saddle from what we can see. Maybe there's one that we can't see, but there's no sign of it. Um, And then there's a fifth horse that's kind of behind, like almost between two and three, but like behind three that I just wrote chestnut. That chestnut it has a crested rider, but it's mostly obscured. There's another horse in this scene too, who is really only visible as like a pair of ears, like in the back and as the scene changes, we can't really see more of it than that. So we are, we're not naming it here because it's just a pair of ears. Yep. Okay. Um, so yeah. this so, is the first five. Okay. One who has that ridge down the middle of his face armor. Yeah. Which interestingly is like tack that I don't know that we've seen on like Rohirrim before, but we see several of today. Yeah. It's possible that we have not noticed it because there's been a lot going on, but it's kind of an interesting little, like, tack quirk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This chestnut has kind of white flecks on its nose. Maybe something about that? Yeah, I wrote whispers of white on nose. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could just do whisper. Yeah. Have, are, we haven't named a horse whisper yet. Let's see. We there have we not named a horse whisper. Fantastic. Whisper it is. Two, um, I, there's an obvious answer here. Uh, is it Sunny Butt? <laughs> I was just going to say Sunny, but yes. <laughs> we can call it Sunny Butt. No, Sunny is great. <laughs> Three is the bay with the curvy neck. Something, something about a curvy neck. Something about it being like very like posed and statuesque in this moment. Mm. Oh, maybe... Uh, this is Goofy. We could call it Dancer. Yeah. I like that. Okay. The chestnut okay, without a saddle. and rump. Um, let's call it Freedom, because it has no rider and no saddle. Oh, you want Freedom instead of, like, naked? Yeah. <laughs> Nude. Nude the horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the chestnut with the crested rider, who is mostly hidden. Chester. Chester the chestnut. Yep. Okay, that's everyone in this scene. Fantastic. Uh, one one second later. <laughs> this is great because it really gives it really communicates like what these scenes are like. So those five horses and one second later. Yes, one second later we see a chestnut with a black Yeah, hold dress. on. I want to describe oh. I want to describe because if we just start in on lists of horses, I think it's really confusing. I think we should oh, start yes. each scene with kind of like, this is the shape of the horses and this is the order that we're doing them in. Mm-hmm. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Cause mm-hmm. I think it's just a little more, this is just, this is a line of horses from left to right. They're riding like across the screen. Now go ahead. Okay. First we have a chestnut with face armor that has like a black, you know, plume, horsehair plume mm-hmm. attached. Which fools us every time. Well, I mean, not every time. We've gotten pretty good at identifying it now. Many, many times. I mean, we get there in the long run, but I see it at first, and I'm yeah. like, that's a bay, that horse and it's also not. also has brow ridges. 
um, mm-hmm. the significant ones, I think. Number two, I wrote down Dusty Chestnut. Yes, I also have Dusty written down. And this one also has the face armor with the brow ridges. And then number three is a chestnut with a blaze. Mm-hmm. Um, and number four is a this chestnut is exciting. with a flaxen mane and tail. So, like, it's blonde. Like, it has a chestnut body, but it has, like, not, like, blonde blonde, but, like, fairly blonde mane and tail. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, like, yellowy. And this is exciting because we really have, we have not seen, have we seen any flaxen horses? Well, Bill is, like, halfway flaxen. Yeah, but it's it's weird because it's like a genre. It's like Appaloosas or like Buckskins or something. It's like a genre of horse that we just like. Yeah, don't we have not seen really much see in this cross section yeah. of horse. And there's there's another Flaxen today, so like that is probably the same horse actor. Oh but yeah, canonically, canonically a different different horse. This horse also has a really raggedy saddlecloth, and its rider has a chainmail helm. I would not. I mean, I. I understand that comfort is not the purpose of, like, headgear like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, God, I would not. We've talked about this. Have you worn chainmail? A tiny bit. It's very heavy. It's so heavy. Like, I have to imagine that a male helm like that would be so uncomfortable. Yeah, but it also, like, it at least sort of drapes on you in a way that just, like, a formed metal helmet wouldn't. And so in some ways it sounds more comfortable. Like it has to be lined, right? You have to wear fabric and then the chain mail. Yeah, I think you have like a little head jerkin under it. But like if I think about just like putting on a metal helmet that just has to like stay in place because it's the right shape for my head or it's crammed on there, that in some ways sounds less comfortable than chain mail. That I mean, kind there's of like, like there's informs. like leather bands inside of there that it like sits upon. Okay. Still doesn't sound um, very comfortable. But yeah, I hear you. They're, they're both they're both like claustrophobic and unpleasant, just in different ways. Yeah. And then horse number five has a saddle but no rider, a short chestnut mane, and a shield hanging from the saddle, and a red saddlecloth. Lots of them have red saddlecloths, but I wrote it down on this one for some reason. We'll see this more in an upcoming scene, but we do have some of the greatest, like, uniformity of, like, tack and armor that we've seen in one mm-hmm. place here. And so this this red quilted saddlecloth that horse number five has, we'll see a lot of the Rohan horses have yeah, it. Yeah, lots, lots of them do. Okay, horse number one, the chestnut with the black horsehair plume and the brow ridges. Well, it's another fucking chestnut horse. Mm-hmm. Another fucking chestnut horse. A-F-C-H. Ask. Ask. Got it. (laughs) Perfect. Number two. A dusty chestnut. Uh, I have a great name for this. Dusty. Oh. I can't Save. believe you fell. F- I can't believe you fell for that. Given that you did that same thing to me with Sunny like two minutes ago. <laughs> okay, Dusty. Uh, mm-hmm. The chestnut with a blaze. See, maybe that's Lyle. That's Lyle. To me, that's yeah. Lyle. To me, yeah. I was gonna suggest something about like middle child because it's in the middle of this row, but mm. we have plenty more 
<laughs> lines of horses coming up, so we'll just even. tuck that one away. Uh, okay, the flax and chestnut. Okay, um, I have an idea for this, and it's a a weird deep pull, but Ooh. for those of you, <laughs> okay, so when I was a kid, I read the Pippi Longstocking books. Um, okay, this Pippi deep pull is already deeper than me. I know, and Pippi Longstocking uh, makes friends with these neighbor kids, their siblings, and their names are Annika and something, I don't remember the boy's name, Tommy? Tommy and Annika? I think it's Tommy. Anyways, they're like these little blonde Swedish kids, and I'm pretty sure they're described as having flax and hair, although I could be wrong, but I think of them as having flax and hair. It was like, as a child, it feels like the first time I encountered like that sort of terminology about mm, like yeah. really blonde hair. So I propose that we call this horse Annika. I like it. Annika. Okay. A-N-N-I-K-A. Oh, that's interesting. I would have expected one in. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's spelled with two, but I could be wrong. Okay. It, you know, it's one of those names that has a variety of spellings, but... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the chestnut with the shorter mane and no visible rider. Uh, steps the horse. Uh, yep. Steps. 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 Love it. That's cute. Moving on, uh, at... The next scene change at 108.23. So this is following, like, what's happened in the intervening time is the camera follows Sayadin and Eomer as they, like, are walking out. Sayadin is telling Eomer to, like, go to the Westfold and muster troops. And then Eomer, like, bows and walks away. And we see some horses in the background. Yeah. Um, Horse number one... This is approximately from left to right. Horse number one is uh, dark colored. It has a, we only see its head and it's a dark head. So probably it's just like a dark bay um, Mm -hmm. because there are very few black horses. There's no visible rider. Uh, Number two, which there two and three are kind of overlapping, but two is in the, in, in front, like foreground wise. Um, Mm -hmm. Of three. So two is a bay with a large green saddle cloth. And then number three, which is behind it, is a reddish chestnut with, I mean, every chestnut is reddish. I don't know why I wrote that about this one. It's an extra (laughs) reddish chestnut um, with a rider who has the classic, like, crested helm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then number four is a gray dapple with a black mane and tail. It's a just a cute little cute little horse, kind of firefootish. Um, what do you think about these horses, Victor? For the for dark head and neck. Yes, I was gonna suggest guillotine. Victor's a little more, <laughs> a little less grim. Oh. Well, wait. What about um, uh. Fuck, I'm trying to think of like the name of some somebody who was guillotined or somebody who was in the French Revolution. Besides Marie Antoinette, Napoleon. Robespierre, the fucking Robespierre. king. Robespierre is Rob- kind of cool. Robespierre, yeah, that horse is Robespierre. Yeah, that's great. Uh, okay, two, the big bay with the saddle cloth. Um, forest. Oh, that's cute. 
because of the green saddle cloth. Yeah. Okay. A chestnut with a crested... Oh, I kind of want to give this one... What if... Because we have a lot of chestnuts, what if we just start giving chestnut horses nut names? Like, this one can be walnut instead of chestnut? we, We did previously name a chestnut horse hazelnut, I think. Did we? Yeah. We should... Do we should also give a chestnut the alternate hazelnut name, which is Filbert? I feel like we did that too, but I'm not sure. That's what I named my Story of Seasons character. We have not named a character Filbert. We have named a character Hazelnut. And okay. sad to say, Crestnut is also already taken for a crested chestnut. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. What about like yeah, let's, walnut wa- or something? Walnut. Let's do walnut. Okay. I like that. Okay, and then the gray. Dapple. Do you want to do Victor for that? Victor for this um, dapple, the dark. Oh tail? sure. We could also. There are lots of like cloud types that we could start tapping into, but we yeah, can we could do that because that. I think I think this is the only dapple today. So if we wanted to like swing for the fences with our one, one dapple but... of the day. Oh my god, a dapple a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, what if, okay, I know you were just talking about Claire, but what if we named... About what? Wait, <laughs> hold on. You said, I know you were just talking about Claire? Where? I meant to say, I meant to say clouds. But so I, I, so I was thinking pomme de terre in my head and trying to oh. say clouds and I mushed them. Um, I'm very charmed with the dapple a day keeps a doctor away. So what if we named it like palm or something like a reference to apple? There's a several layers of yeah. abstraction there. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. I like that. In case you, uh, uh, a listener right now don't know, pum is the spelled P O M M E is the French word for apple and pum de terre is the French word for potato. Which, <laughs> apple of the earth, which is great. Exactly. In Dutch, the word for orange is sinasapple. Wait, I hold remember. on. I want to guess. I want to, so it's obviously something apple. I want to guess what the modifier is. Okay. Spicy apple. Hold on. Are you looking this up? Yeah, because I don't actually know what sinas on its own means. This just says orange. Is but it just orange apple? Sinus apple. <laughs> is it just no, orange cause apple? The because the color orange is orania. Um so but then... I do wonder if it's like citrus, if it's like citrus apple. Mm. But then the the word for juice, oh, this says it literally means China's apple. Oh, okay. Um so the word for juice is sop. So orange juice is sinus apple sop. Sinus applesop? Yeah. That has great mouthfeel. That's a yeah. that is a hoot and a half to sinus see one more time. Sinus applesop. Sinus applesop. Yeah. It's got a such a nice it like the word has a trot rhythm to it. Like badoo badoo badoo. Sinus mm-hmm. applesop. That's Sorry, great. I'm typing it in our Discord a second so that you have it slash. I'm sure this will it. look nothing like the thing that we've just said. Okay, that's not bad. Not what I expected, but... Yeah. Back to horses. This is still the same shot, but what happens... Wait, sorry, what did we decide for number four? Pong? 
Apple. Oh right, yes. We yeah we Great. we we sidetracked okay. pretty hard. Yeah. So no, this that's is this the same shot. Aemir walks out of it, and the camera kind of continues tracking to the right while Theoden and Gambling talk. And as the camera pans right, it reveals two more horses. Number five, a light gray dapple with a lighter mane and tail. So that could be a cloud mane. Yeah, you said this is our only dapple today. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's false. Okay, but that that's our only other dapple. I swear, it's no more dapples after this. Okay, okay. I just um, typed yeah, the notes. So this is, it is a lighter dapple and it has a whitish mane and tail instead of a black mane and tail. Which is honestly a better fit for, like, clouds anyway. Yeah, can we call this horse... Hold on, hold on. The other Sorry. horse The other horse oh, right. in this scene, number six, is a dark bay that has fabric over its rump. It's like Ryder's cloak is stretched out behind it. So we have Stratus, we have Cirrus, we have Cumulus, we have Cirrocumulus, we have Altocumulus, we have Cumulonimbus. Okay, I think I like Cirrus. I think I like Cirrus. We have Nimbostratus. We have Altos. I think I like Cirrus. <laughs> hey, Joey, I think I like Cirrus. Okay, great. C I R R U S. Oh, I know how to spell Cirrus. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then the Dark Bay. Yes. Um. Mm. What's a word that implies that your butt is covered? Bustle. Bustle. That's cute. Bustled. Yeah, Bustled. it doesn't exactly, but, y- you know. Yeah. Okay, so, just a few seconds later, in this same shot, Theoden is kind of standing on, it's like the little stone porch in front of Medeseld, and there's horses, mm. so those those two horses that we just named, Cirrus and Bustle, are on the right-hand side of the screen after the camera has tracked, and mm. horses are now riding out, like, towards the right from behind that stone outcropping so we have also Mm -hmm. there are more horses beyond this line that are like a a bunch of chestnuts getting ready we cannot see them individually like at all so again they have already been counted we are not giving them individual names because they are just part of the group right right so so like if you picture the scene and we'll we'll post screenshots so those two horses, five and six, are kind of in the foreground on the, or the middle ground, like, on the right yeah. side of the screen. These horses, mm-hmm. the next three, are riding right to left in the middle of the screen. And the entire yeah. right-hand side of the screen is taken up by a column, like, multiple horses wide of, like, horses riding in regiment. But their backs are to us. And so it's kind of hard to distinguish individuals, and we can't see anyone's faces, horses, or riders. And then there's also horses, like, in the left. It's, like, two columns passing each other. There's a lot of fucking horses. Yeah, so after five and six, we have been going left to right, and now we're going to switch it up and go right to left, uh, because it's the order that they sort of ride out in, mm-hmm. seven, eight, and nine. Um, so seven is a bay, and its rider has lots of blonde hair. Eight, to the left of that, is also a bay, Ryder also has blonde hair, but not as much. And nine is a little uh, dark bay. Yeah, wow. Three bays. I would like to name seven and eight something, not necessarily a set name, but like names that refer to each other because of how matchy-matchy they are, like side by side. Wait, what if we name these two like barley and oats? 
I'm pretty sure we've already named a horse Barley. We named a horse Rye, and we named a horse Pumpernickel, and we named a horse Toast. We have not named a horse Barley. Okay, so we okay. can do Barley and Oats. Because those are both things that, because of the blonde hair of their riders, like things that are like gold in the fields when they're growing, but they're also grains, and it just feels fitting. Yeah, okay. Seven, uh, which is which is seven, oats and which is barley. Seven is barley and eight is oats. Barley, oats, and then the dark bay. So I had another grain in my head a second ago and then I forgot it. We've done lots of like horse grain names, which is appropriate. Yeah. Um is you can sit on my lap if you're quiet, but you can't sit on the notebook of horses. Let's name this horse Biz. Oh! Because she came and made her presence known. Wow. Well, it's a dark bay and Biz is a dark cat. Also, do we have names on the docket from previous guests or people we've guested for? We've already used Cass and Norm's... Hold on. Cass and Norm's... Names, suggested names, Mouse and Haas, and we've already named a ho- horse oh, Toast. Oh, we still have Fig. So I think the only one we have left is Fig from um, Molly. Fig is supposed to be, like, shy and elegant, right? Yeah. Um, And we did not get names from Ben. Even no, I don't think we did. Yeah, because... We could, we we could name a horse after one of Ben's horses, like, honorarily, but I don't know if you want to name a, a horse Joey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll maybe in the future we'll solicit some names from, from Ben. I just want to make sure we're including those things. Um yeah. okay, but yeah, Biz. And on to the next scene. Next we have at O mm, eight thirty. One oh eight thirty-nine. I think it's thirty-nine. Okay. I definitely wrote down 34. Oh, no, it's 34. It's 34. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes, and it looks like a it looks like a 9, but I can see that it is, in fact, a 4. Okay, great. Um, yeah, 0834. Oh, yes, this is where Aragorn this is great. and Eowyn are, like, saddling up their horses and talking to each other. Yeah, I don't think they're saddling them. I think they're already, well, like, tacked, yeah. but they, they're like, lead them out together, to and they're kind of, like, messing with the tack mm-hmm. and talking. Uh, and there's a bunch of horses kind of moving around them and past them. Yes. Um, we do have to say an interesting thing is it is neither Brago nor McGillowin in this scene but horses somewhat close to Brago and to McGillowin yeah yeah we're fairly certain um we think I mean canonically this is definitely supposed to be Brago we're assuming it's supposed to be McGillowin but they never name her horse so that's less clear but Brago is a dark bay and this horse you can't see very well but it looks like a chestnut we don't see this horse's face at all to like see Brago's face markings, but it's definitely the wrong coloring to be Brago. Yeah. And McGillowin's, the this fake McGillowin actually has 
like a kind of disconnected, crooked blaze like McGillowin has, but is also the wrong color. Yeah, so that's why I think this horse is canonically supposed to be McGillowin, because it seems like they went to the trouble of finding a horse that had a similar face marking, but it's not identical, mm-hmm. and McGillowin was definitely a bay, and this horse is a chest, and it's it's right head shape is different. McGillowen had a much more like delicate little face and Yeah, has like a very dainty mm-hmm. little nose. Like her her entire face kind of slopes down to her little yeah. nose. And this horse is not like that. So Imposter, Rago, and McGillowen. And then Oh, excuse me. There are several background horses and then several horses that or a few horses that come through. So the background horses if we're like we're facing the stables, right? And McGillowen, mm-hmm. pseudo McGillowen, is facing the camera with Eowyn at her left side, looking toward her horse. And then, like, sort of back to back with Eowyn is Ottergorn facing his horse, who's facing toward the stables. So the horses are facing opposite directions. The people are back to back. It's a sandwich in which the horses are the bread and. Aragorn and Eowyn are the delicious sandwich meat. Those horses could play matchmaker by just like squishing them together. Yeah, this, I mean, we talked about, there's some good stuff going on in this scene. Do you want to talk about? Yeah, let's talk about the scene first. Like narrative stuff. Back to these other horses. I really like the framing of it because, because they're like back to back and both working, it manages to evoke like two very different, but like equally satisfying feelings in me. One is the like, the sense of like sharing space and companionably like working around Mm -hmm. someone. And also the like thing of like being back to back Mm. in a fight. Mm -hmm. Two very different feelings, but it kind of like flirts with both of them. I feel And there's that moment where, like, Eowyn is like, you know, it's traditional for the women of the court or whatever, as in just her, the only woman. Yeah, one other woman, one other um, woman of the court. To, like, go, you know, partway with the men to, like, see them off, basically. And then Aragorn, like, lifts up, like, a blanket tied to her saddle and stuff, and underneath is her sword hilt visible. And he just kind of, like, looks at her and she, like, puts the blanket back over it. And that moment in particular, like, he's looking at her and she, like, they're having a whole conversation with their eyes, you know? It's good. Yeah. Her dress has kind of that, like, shoulder piece. There's, like, fabric that, Mm -hmm. like, drops over her shoulders and then cuts across and, like... It's, like, a very short cape, almost. Yeah, sort of. And it's velvet and has, like, a big, oh, yeah. beautiful trim. It's good. It's really... It's a good look. She looks great. McGillowin and Brago are kind of our, like, visual anchors for the scene. Yes. To the left, behind McGillowin, are two horses. Kind of... There's, like, little fenced areas in front of the stable on either side of the doors. And there are two horses to the left. One is a, like, a chocolate brown horse all over with rear coronets and then behind it like it's standing basically parallel to the stable wall facing left and then behind it is a bay with face armor that looks a little more headdress like like it's a different shape than some of the other face armor we've seen we should describe the shape of a lot of these a lot of the horses that we've seen 
have this specific shape face armor where like the top half of it is kind of like horseshoe shaped. It's like a U with the ends pointed towards their ears. And then there's a like a little cutout on the nose, which is a small horse shape in the opposite direction. I don't remember the top half being horseshoe shaped. A lot of them have like a little, you know, pointy piece in the middle that the plume is attached to. Yeah, I thought there was or like a, in like the detailing this. of the leather, like a. Yeah, I know. Th- I know the. I know the the pointed shape that you're mm-hmm. yeah. talking about because I said that on some of them, it feels like the shape of that in particular feels more like a Gondor motif mm-hmm. than a Rohan mm-hmm. motif to me. Yeah, um, but regardless, they do. They have a little cutout at the base along the nose, which is like a little horseshoe shaped cutout, which yeah. is cute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this one, we can't quite see all of the horse's nose, but it feels like it doesn't go down as far as the nose, but it does come farther down the cheeks, and then at the top, it's like it curves back over the top of their head a little bit more, instead of just, like, yeah. stopping and, like, sticking up. Between its ears. Um, yeah. But we never get a super good look at it. Anyway, so that's one and two, and then there's a horse, like, facing the camera, behind and between uh McGillowen and Brago. It's like in the doorway of the stable where yes. we'll see several more horses come it's from. It's a dark bay and its nose gets quite black. And then in the the right of the screen there are two horses who are um saddled but don't have riders. They're like ready to go and like tied to a post awaiting their riders. In front and a little farther to the right there is a chestnut and behind it there is a bay. And that is four and five. They both have red saddlecloths. Yes. And then everyone starts moving. <laughs> yeah. So I have a list of four more horses that walk through the scene in some way um, in the order that they appear. Um, although I don't have their exact movements recorded. I do. Great. So number six. Excuse me, I'm suddenly yawning so much. Number six is a dark bay. It's saddled. It's riderless. It has a raggedy saddlecloth. Where does that horse appear? So that that horse is like led through from left to right on the far side of Brago. Great. Number seven is a bay with a white snip. And its rider has like a super shiny crested helm. And it's, yeah, we, we see a couple see of these. It and yeah, the following horse, like also in the doorway of the stable, kind of coming forward. And mm-hmm. I wrote white snip, but I actually drew a little diagram of its white face markings. This is the one that has the lip triangle, right? No, actually, McGillow faux McGillowen has a lip triangle. Mm. So this horse has pink skin like on its actual lips just a little it's almost like it's wearing a little bit of lipstick like its skin goes from being gray to being pink right there and then Hmm. it has kind of white in like a wavy line that kind of follows the contour of its lip but above it just like a little bit and then above that there's like a centered white mark that kind of fits in this little, like, bracket made by the white line below. At least that's what I'm getting. Oh, is it the one that kind of looks like a smiley face? I think so. Mm, yeah. We'll, we'll post the screenshot. It's It makes more sense. Hopefully I took one. 
You did. Oh, 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 trust me. You did. Okay. Yeah, and then what's, uh, who's the other shiny helm? Yeah, so actually before that one happens, some horses who are already in the scene move around. Someone mounts horse number four, which is that chestnut that had been, like, tied to the post, and rides it through, and horse number two, which is the bay with the kind of funky shaped face armor, Mm -hmm. is ridden through from left to right, like behind Brago. Mm -hmm. And then we get another horse with a very shiny helm. This is horse eight. Um, Oh, I don't actually have this one as the shiny helm. I have the next one as the shiny helm. But maybe this one does too. Oh, yeah. Actually, seven, eight, and nine all had shiny helms. Oh, okay. I have it on seven and eight. Okay, so horse number eight is a chestnut with a white snip, and it also has the little cutout face armor, and apparently a very shiny helm. Eight is also coming out of the stable, like out of the darkness of the stable and riding out into the yard, and right behind that is horse number nine, who is a liver chestnut, also with that very shiny helm, and his front legs... Well, one of... One of his front legs, because one of his front legs, I think, is maybe in motion, so it's bent, so you can't tell. But the other front leg is... Splaining. Yeah, it's like his hoof is on the ground, and it's like his knee is almost bent backwards just a little bit. Like, his whole leg is a little bit concave. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That The nine, the nine horses in that wow. scene. What are you feeling name-wise? Do you want to name fake Brago and fake McGillowin or not? No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, in some of our naming traditions, McGillowen, which is when, not one, but we could name this Megilla 2, like Megilla 1 <laughs> and Megilla 2. <laughs> I like it. Okay, Megilla 2. Right. And then I'm trying to think of, this is, instead of Brago, it's Bray No. <laughs> Great, perfect. See, look, you said no, but you had them locked and loaded. Braino and Megilla too. Great. Okay, so horse number one, uh, besides those two, is the chocolate brown one with the rear coronets. Yeah, it's a nice name for a chocolate brown horse. Mm, mud. <laughs> mud the horse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I don't mud. know. Mud the horse. Sorry, Mud. <laughs> mud is great, you know? Number two, the bay with the, um, with oh, the face fancy. armor. I want, I want that bay to have a fancy name. Like, fancy, what do you, do I you don't mean know. like, okay, uh, <laughs> do you mean like a warrior cat's name? Do you mean like, mm. um, an elegant name? What are you feeling? I mean, like, either, like, an elegant name, like, like it's just, like, a person name that kind of has the connotations of, like, fanciness, or mm-hmm. it could be named something like, you know, Duchess, or, I, I don't know, Duchess is the only thing that's coming to mind. I See, I feel like Duchess, Duchess feels like much more of, like, a poofy little lapdog name than, like, an elegant name to me, but I hear you. Do, like, are you thinking, like, uh, like a title like that, like Dauphin or the, the well, Marquis the, I mean, that's something. what I'm saying like, is like, it could be a title, you know, s- yeah, some word that we think of as like fancy or rich or whatever, or it could just mm-hmm. be like a name that like, like Helena or, <laughs> oh, 
Helena. Actually, Ooh. Helena. I think we should just go. Yeah, with let's that. do it. I don't. I wasn't. I literally like it just came into my head and I said it as soon as I thought it. That's listen. That's how the process works. Yeah. Okay. Three is the dark bay with the black nose, who was originally in the stable. Okay, I like ink. Even though it's not a fully black horse, I like the idea that its nose has been dipped in ink. Yeah, I like that too. I wish there was a lighter colored horse in this scene because I like the idea of, I think Quill is a cute name. It'd be nice to have an ink and Quill in the same. But I mean, Quills don't necessarily have to be like white feathers. It's true. Keep keep Quill in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep Quill in mind. Yeah. Okay, and then we have the saddled and um, tied to the post chestnut and bay. Yes. Um, I suggested Victor earlier, which we did not use, but we could use it for one of these. I feel like Victor feels like the bay name instead of the chestnut. Okay. Um, To my friend Victor, if you listen to this, I'm not naming this horse after you. It's just a name that came to mind. (laughs) You heard it here first, this horse named after Victor. I mean, unless you want this horse to be named after you, in which case that's fine, but I wasn't like, yeah, okay, that's all. Something, okay, so for this this chestnut, which is also awaiting its rider, I think something about how it's like, it's like waiting and prepared and ready. Oh, yeah. I remember from my theater days, this German word that had to do with like the moment of anticipation before action and I don't remember what it is so mm-hmm. I can't use it but that's what's in my head right now um what what is being ready about what is uh, being ready a feeling I have never in my entire life felt <laughs> mm. all I can think of now is ready Freddy and so we could name it Freddy we could name it Freddy Victor and Freddy, Ink, Helena, Mud. Great. Um, okay, number I, six. I'm going to make it be Freddy oh. with an I because I want to. Okay, great. Okay, six is the dark bay with the ragged saddlecloth. Raggedy me- makes me think of Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. So we could call this horse Ann just for the heck of it. Yeah, okay. I like it. I feel like we're doing a lot of like given names which are illusions here yeah it's kind of a fun little theme for today uh seven is the bay with the snip and the white lip maybe maybe this could be quill because it looks like someone has drawn on its face oh yeah that works i was gonna say like my drawing of its face markings looks like a horrible clown face so then i was trying to think of like a clown name oh my god can we name this clown um oh my god the the pagliacci yeah (laughs) The horse does not actually look that clownish, but that's Great. it does a little bit. So. But doctor, mm-hmm. um, eight the chestnut with the snip and kind of a gray nose, uh, and a shiny helm. Um, yeah, the shiny helms. I feel like we did not explain the shiny helms. They're like. Oh, right. They're, like, buffed and burnished. Like, all the other helms, it feels like you can, like, see the hammer marks of, like, where these were shaped. And these are, like, that thing, like, someone took, like, a belt sander to it. Like, it is shiny. Yeah. Um. This one could be Quill. I just want to use Quill. Yeah. Well, okay, I was, for whatever reason, I was thinking Quill about the liver chestnut, but I'm totally happy to make this one Quill instead. I. 
if you felt it for nine, then we should do it for nine because I don't okay. feel an attachment to it for either one. I just want to use the okay. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think nine is quilt. This one, what I wrote about the snip is that it was that it was very centered, and so I was thinking about like balance, and mm. which brings to mind either like Libra like the scales, right? Or uh, like mm-hmm. the avatar <laughs> bringing balance to the four elements. Oh my god. This, um, this horse this horse named everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. E C W T F N A Ect We can we can what if we called this horse um Appa? Oh, that's cute. Is that like too far? Is that too far from your original? No, that's fine. I used to have a rat named Appa, you know? I had rats named Appa and Momo. Oh, cute. I like Momo as a rat name. Yeah. That's that's it. Those are the horses yes. in that scene. Oh, nine. Now we're moving on to 109.23. Yes. And so this is a line of of like troops riding kind of at a diagonal from the top right to the bottom left. It's kind of on a hill. There's like a guard tower to the right and they're riding in like ranks. So we can kind of see like three ish per row, but a lot of those horses are not visible because of how like jumbled up they are. Yeah. So basic, like we can, we can basically see four rows or parts of four rows but the yes. first row and the fourth row, we can only see, like, the, the right horse. The closest to us. Yeah. yeah, that's closest to the camera. And then rows two and three, we can see all three horses of those. So we have eight horses total here. Um, so starting with the first row, the horse on the right, the only one we can see because the others are, like, past the camera already. Like, they're so close to us. Mm-hmm. Um, is a chestnut. Um, it has like a white splotch on its shoulder, but we think that's like dirt or clay or something. A lot yeah, of yeah, it's like whitish mud of... that we see yeah. on some of the other mm-hmm. horses as well. Yes. So there are sort of like two tack uniform types in this scene and in some of these other scenes. All of the horses have that sort of chest Y shaped like chest band with the piece underneath that attaches to the girth, and some of the horses. That chest band has little like gold rings attached to it in a couple places, and then the gold rings have these like little wisps of red on them, like little red like tassels. tassels. Yeah. And then some of the horses, that strap does not have the rings or the red, but it does have like a buckle with the end that went through the buckle is kind of loose and overlapping. So this was a a metal rings rings and tassels type one yeah and this is where we see the greatest like this this shot specifically of these horses like riding in formation is where we see like this is the this is that uniformity of like tack and armor we were talking about earlier that makes it feel like oh this isn't like this is an army like this is a regiment that like rides together and they're all like dressed and armed similarly yeah like they all have red saddle cloths the, and the green riders clothes. are all similar. They all yeah. have the same the same crests and the same face armor. Really, the only mm-hmm. difference is this um, the chest band. Yeah, little variations. We should really look up the name of that particular piece of tack because it shows up a lot constantly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's one. Row two from like closest to camera to farthest away is horse number two is a chestnut with a narrow white stripe and two back socks. And then three is a chestnut with a white lower lip. And four is a chestnut. Uh, both of those had buckle straps, so they're like type two. And four is a chestnut with rings and tassels. And its saddle cloth looks longer, but it might just be asymmetrical or the horse is just a little smaller. Yeah, I so I actually have in my notes... We can't see its head. ...that horse three, instead of having a white mouth, has like specifically like a foamy mouth. Oh, right. It's yeah, not, I so remember it's not, it's that. It's not a marking on its skin. It's, no. It's foamed at the mouth from its bit. Its lower lip appears white. Yeah. And yeah, we decided that was likely foam. Um, yeah, do you want to take us through the next row? Yeah, so again, starting at camera closest, horse number five... Um, is a chestnut with a white snip, and it has the the ring type strap. I have a note here. I think it says tiny. Mm, the snip on its nose was tiny. I wrote teeny white speck on nose. I, I must say it so must say tiny because it, it says that? tiny white snip. I just wasn't sure if tiny was in reference to the horse or to the snip. So it has a little itty yeah, bitty no, white it's, snip. It's about the snip and the ring type chest strap. Uh, next to it, six, is another chestnut. I have, the only thing I have written down about this one is no markings equals naked. Yeah, I wrote plain face, no socks. Uh, and seven, the last one we can see in that row is a chestnut. This one, the thing that stood out to me the most about it about is about the rider and not the horse, which is that typically when you ride, like you want your feet pointed forward so you're all kind of falling in line and this rider has their toes and their feet, their whole feet, like, splayed out to the side. And then we had a whole tangent about what's the opposite of being pigeon-footed, or being pigeon-toed, which Joey mm -hmm. looked up and is apparently called out-toeing. Yeah, so pigeon-toed is the colloquial term, but medically, mm. I guess, that's called in-toeing. And then the opposite is out-toeing, also known as being duck-footed. Yes, pigeon, pigeon and duck-footed. Yeah, which is, um, yep. I don't think actually, like, this is not a statement on, like, the physical being of the writer. It's about, like, the writer having, no, the writer does not have a good seat in this moment. And their, like, legs are rotated in a way that they shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then lastly, we have, so that's the third row. And then we have the last one really, like, visible and distinguishable, which is the outermost horse on the next row back, number eight. And this is a chestnut with a white snip who has the buckle strap. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I'm just looking at horse tack. Oh, yeah, to find because... the name of that, that piece that we talk about a lot and have never referred to accurately. Yes. Oh, it's just called a breast, well, a breastplate or a breast collar or a breast strap or a breast girth. A breast girth? Yeah. What a combination of words. Let's call them collars going forward. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there are different... So... Um, I'm sure there's a million different, yeah, like... like there's the collar and hames design, and then there's... Different purposes. Um, the stockman's or hunting breastplate. 
Okay, so that's that's literally. The I looked up. I looked up Martingale to see if it talked about what the Martingale attached to. Oh. And then I clicked on that to see further description. Damn! Of that. Look at that. I would like to name the first horse Tassel because I think that's a cute name for yeah. a horse, and it has the tassel type. I love that. I have a suggestion for some of these horses, but like. Feel free to veto it because, so there's like a ring type, mm-hmm. um, ring type and strap type mm-hmm. for what if the ring horses, we name them some of the like in-universe name of some rings, like some human rings of power. Oh, yeah. What, what are, do those rings have names? Oh, I'm sure they have names. I don't know what their names are though. Let me look. The other option is if we name... The ring ones after metals or gems, and then the buckles, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Let me, I want to see what the names of these rings are, and if they're good, maybe we can use some, and if they're not. Yeah, totally. These actually might not be named. That surprises me. Well, I feel like it's unlike Tolkien Tolkien to pass up the opportunity. Unreleased writings that's coming out later this year. He wrote about it sometime, and it was just never published. Oh, this is cute. I'm on the uh, the LOTR wiki, and under the subheader for the like the Nine Rings of Power, there's a compound GIF under it, which is a, a it's it's nine versions of a GIF of the one ring circling all crammed together into one GIF to represent the nine. <laughs> Great. Yeah, they're they're actually not named. So yeah, let's do like medals or something. And then what do you want to do for the the buckle? Wait. Um, strap. Yeah, sorry. I'm just... Name them after various straps. Great. <laughs> um, um, so... I, I don't know. We can give them whatever names. One is Tassel. Four right. is, is the next Rings and Tassels horse. So do we want to name it uh, Silver or Iron or mithril or titanium (laughs) titanium bronze or copper or (laughs) keep going keep going gold lay them on me uh steel aluminum (laughs) what's the oh like zirco or that's that's not a metal um what about stir what about sterling like sterling silver That works. I like the idea of naming a horse Mithril, but this doesn't seem like... The horses to name that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, number four is Sterling, and then number five is our next Rings and Tassels horse. Did you like any of those other... Can we name this horse Aluminum, please? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. sure. (laughs) Aluminum. (laughs) Great. Who else has rings? Well... Uh, two and three definitely had buckles, and eight was a buckle. Six and seven, I didn't write anything down, which makes me think they're buckles, but now I'm not sure. Yeah, I I think I only have, th- I think I only denoted rings, which implies that everything else is buckle. Yeah, so that might or be we it. just couldn't see on six and seven. Yeah. Okay, what if we... I know that I said gemstones or metals, and then we chose metals, but what if we named the rest of these horses gemstones? Gemstones? Oh, you know I love it. Yeah. 
because there are so many good ones, you know? They make good names. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to name one Chalcedony. Ooh, is that how you pronounce that? Because I fucking never know. My whole life, in my head, I'm like, Chalcedony, and I know it's wrong! <laughs> we played we played a game where we named a character this and pronounced it um, Chalcedony, but I'm pretty sure it's Chalcedony. Okay. It's Chalcedony. Great. Oh, Chalcedony is an is an alternate accepted. Okay, I'm, I, I I kind of prefer I like here Chalcedony. Kels, Kels, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which one feels like what, that to what you? What does Chalcedony look like again? Chalcedony is like one of those that kind of looks like it's like got kind of round like little oh like bubble shapes in its natural form. Yeah, yeah, and then when it's polished, it's. It kind of looks like overhead shots of waves. They're kind of oh, like yeah. um, and it striations has... of, of blue. Yeah, so it can be an agate um, that's like yeah. sort of stripey. Well, let's name number two that because it has a narrow white stripe. So we at least... Yeah, yeah. I like that. Chalcedony. I definitely want to use Jasper for one just yeah. because I like Jasper the name Jasper. great. That could be number three. Okay. Um, and then we have what, four what? and five. What? Yeah, I was wondering what what stones appealed to you. Um, amber? Are any of them, like, ready? Yeah, I was gonna say we should pick a red one, like carnelian or, or tiger's eye or something. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, jasper is also tends to be red. Oh, also I love labradorite, just generally. Mm. Um, ooh, Spinel. I forgot There's, about spinel. I'm looking at I'm looking at That's one right. called Appetite, which is oh, yeah. A-P-A-T-I-T-E. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very funny to me. Yeah. Um Oh, Dol- Dolomite. Oh man, I wish any of these horses were white because Dolomite is a great name, but also like something about that word feels like setting appropriate to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, heliotrope, Larimar, Kyanite, Serpentine, Rodenite, Chrysocolla. There are so many. <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm doing the thing, you know, where, like, Google <laughs> recommends a bunch of, like, people search for, and you can, like, scan left and right in this list. So it's like, Topaz, Zircon, Pyrite, Lapis Lazuli, Dolomite, Amylite, Stone. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Oh, that's um, very funny. Okay, let's call number six amber. Oh, like it. Okay, one, two, three, four. Because it's that really plain chestnut, and amber can have this trans. Like it is sort of a chestnut color, but it has this transparency to it. So there's a a sense of nakedness, you could say. Yeah, I'm sorry. What what number are you suggesting this for? Number six, which is. The middle of the second full row. So row three, I guess. I'm so sorry. I just, I just lost all ability to retain information. What name? Okay. Amber? Amber. Okay. So we have in order, like we have one, three, six named so far, right? Yes. We have tassel, mm-hmm. Chalcedony, Jasper, Sterling, Aluminum, and Amber in order. And then we have seven and eight left. Yes. Okay. Um. Let's <laughs> make... Seven spinel. Can you spell that for me? S P I N E L. Oh, easy. Okay. And then how about carnelian then, for the last one? Because it's a chestnut. 
Yes, or I was going to say Dolomite because you liked that, but we can absolutely do Carnelian. I, I like the Dolomite. word Dolomite, but I don't know that it fits the horse. Yeah. I mean, it does, ha- it does have a little white snip, like so it could be like Dolomite poking out of the horse. ground. Mm, yeah, let's do Carnelian, though. Okay. I, it, feels, it feels right to me. Okay, great. So we have tass- Tassel, Chalcedony, Jasper, Sterling, Aluminum, Amber, Spinel, and Carnelian. <laughs> great. Great. Okay. I just... Look, it's funny because aluminum is such a, like, it's so funny, but also it, like, has good name cadence. And, yeah. it, it does. you know, like, we can't really hear it because the meaning of it is so, like, mundane associated for us. But, yeah. like, it is totally possible that someone would come up with that as a name just because it sounds nice. Because it's a nice combination of syllables. Yeah. Um, so that was 109.23, a mere five seconds five later. Five seconds later. <laughs> 109.28. Um, so the setup of, the, and this, I love this clip because it has my favorite spoken line from the segment of the film. Legolas and Gimli are talking on top of Arad. And so this shot is cutting back and forth between them and like close-ups of them and a little farther out where you can see horses passing behind them. Um, and Gimli says that he wished he had a full, like, contingent of dwarves fully armed and filthy. <laughs> filthy. Yeah, he said, I can't do the really good, like, kind of I growly voice yeah, that no. John Reese davies does, but it's it's so funny to me. Yeah, it's great. And then Legolas responds, and then Gimli sort of nestles his head into Legolas's yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't quite, but it looks like he's about to. It, spiritually, it's there, you know? Yeah, and there, yeah, there are just horses going by in the background, which we did our best to capture. There's at least one or two that we just, we know they pass and we cannot see them. Yeah, there, like, there's one that is, like, perfectly timed to, like, Arad tosses his head and that somehow that perfectly tracks to cover a horse behind him. You could yeah. not have constructed that shot if you wanted to but we can clearly see five horses number one is a chestnut with a black horsehair plume number two is a dark bay slash maybe seal brown (laughs) Um, we can't see its legs at all we can just see it's that no though it gets um, so it has like sort of black ringed nostrils, but the brown lightens a lot before then to kind of that more like tan, cinnamon, cinnamon tan color. And I suspect that it does the same thing on its undercarriage and we could not see that. So that's why I'm just theorizing that it's seal brown, but you know, it's a dark bay. Yep. Um, Sorry, I got lost. Think about how funny it is to refer to a horse's undercarriage, which we consistently do. Yeah, um, it, you know, it fits. It fits. Um, then is the is the horse that is perfectly hidden behind Arad, and behind that a chestnut with a very ornate helmeted rider. And then number four is a chestnut. Oh, this is... Is this our other flaxen or... Mm-mm. Okay. It did have a lighter mane and tail, but not as light as flaxen. Just slightly lighter. Wait, where is that other flaxen? Yeah, now I don't know. 
Oh, no, it's coming up. It's coming up. It's in the last shot. It's coming up. It's not here. Okay. Oh, yeah, I see it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. So the, just... the, the doubt instantly <laughs> transformed. <laughs> Slightly lighter mane and tail chestnut. Again, a black horsehair plume. Uh, and Caitlin, number five. Thank you for queuing me up when I had a pin in my mouth. Um, oh, a- sorry. <laughs> uh, this is a another dark bay that has um, kind of the brown lower half of its face under its face armor. Yeah. I think these are a bunch of nuts. This is a fucking planter's mixed, mixed nut batch. Perfect. Love that. Okay. The horse with the the chestnut with the kind of lighter mane i think might be cashew Mm, yep great that's number four right yeah oh my god my stomach just grumbled thinking about nuts that's where i am oh uh can we name one of these horses macadamia oh i think we have to who are you feeling for macadamia i was just thinking the first one yeah i'm into it um you know but oh, but maybe the very ornate helm because macadamia is sort of an ornate word. Yeah, that's number three. Number three, yeah, number three is macadamia. What should we name the um, one that we suspect of being a seal brown? Uh, I think maybe maybe pistachio because it's an unexpected color for a nut. Yeah, I'll take that. Can we name one of them almond? Yeah, one or five. Uh, one is a chestnut and five is a dark bay, so that's probably one. Yeah. And then the last one. Oh, this might be, um, hmm. So the other nuts I can think of, we have, a uh, peanut, <laughs> which yeah. is funny. I know we already uh, named a horse, I know we already named a horse walnut, but black walnuts are a thing. Oh, that's true. Walnut would be good. Um, then we do have filbert. That horse is, that doesn't, Filbert is such, Filbert, the thing about Filbert and Peanut is they're both very, like, cute names, which I'm not opposed to just, like, giving to any horse, but. Okay, here's the thing. We could go back and name that reddish chestnut earlier something other than Walnut and take Walnut for this dark bay. But what if we name that reddish chestnut from earlier Pecan? Oh, that's not bad. Because it's reddish. And then the dark bay is walnut. Okay, so this is walnut. And then this yeah. this is the first. I don't know that we've ever, like, gone this far back and renamed a horse before. I know. Okay, and then walnut becomes pecan. Yes, or pecan, or however you pronounce that word. Okay, so that's all five. Almond, pistachio, macadamia, cashew, and walnut. Perfect. Now, surely you must be thinking, surely that in a fucking minute and a half, that must be all the horses. Nope, sure isn't. Oh no, sweet listener, gentle listener, you are wrong. Because at 109.41, not very many seconds later, we get another, it's a very similar shot of horses riding from the, um, toward the bottom left of the screen in kind of loose doubles. They're like riding down a hill. And this is also, we see... Mary on his own little pony. Yeah, and this gives us, I think, 11 more horses in this scene. I think I have 10. Do you, did you count the chestnut rump? I did not count the chestnut rump. 
I know exactly what you're talking about, though. Okay, 11 <laughs> chestnut rump. Great. Okay. So let's start working through these. I want to set this scene a little bit, which is that there's, you know, again, like this sort of parade of, you know, troops coming down kind of like the cobblestone street. And Mary is on a little white horse, a horse that is probably not as little as it looks because he's not as little as he looks. Um, yeah, there's like there's weird perspective with, with stuff on going it. on well, with him, but we'll get we'll get into it. When we that's what him. I was about to say. Yeah, oh, sorry. And he, A, he looks sort of lost, you know, like they, all the, you know, men are riding out to war and he's like there on his horse, but he's like a little bit on the sidelines and like they're moving and he's just standing there on his horse, like, uh, um, but also because of the, the size issue, he is like CGI'd in, he and his horse and we were like, why does this look weird? Like, so the street they're on is kind of coming, they're coming downhill and wherever the horse he's on was actually standing was on level ground because like all of the other horses, there's this perspective of like their rumps are higher than, you know, their chests, etc. And the horse he is on is just standing perfectly level, but like stuck up there with the other horses on the hill. It creates a weird, like something immediately strikes the eye about like something about this horse is not right. It's cause it's front hooves are levitating slightly. It is photoshopped into the scene. And part of it is that it's, it's legs blend perfectly into the background. So it does kind of look like oh, this yeah, so horse has been like chopped yeah. off at the, at the ankle and pasted in. I, I do actually, before we get too into the nitty gritty, I, I want to back up just very briefly to talk about a story beat, um, which is like in amongst all these cuts of horses, Mary offers his service to Theoden, who accepts, oh, um, which is great yeah. because and I love, Theoden. I love, there's two, there's two things that are great here. One, I love that like Mary and Pippin each left to their own devices for like five goddamn minutes, swear allegiance to different lords. <laughs> Yeah, because they don't know what to do without each other. They're looking for some I kind know. of, like, framework uh, or certainty or authority because they feel so lost without each other. Ugh. And also, Theoden, in accepting his service, pronounces Mary's name very goofily. He will, He's like, hence you will be known as Mariadoc. Yeah, it's, it's we listen Rohan to it. Or whatever it is. It's the thing, I think the first time through it doesn't strike you that weirdly, but because we listened to it, you know, fuck, maybe a dozen times, like going back and forth watching the scene. It just got funnier every time. Yeah, because we were looking at horses and had to watch it so many times. I just realized, though, that Mary Haddock rhymes with Mary Haddock, like the fish. Didn't we name a fish Haddock? Uh, did we name a fish Haddock? We named a horse Haddock. Yeah, fishes. Horses. <laughs> Yes, we did name a horse Haddock. What would? Oh my God! What would our what would our fish spinoff of Shadowfax be? Oh my God! We can't. Okay, okay. So this this line of horses, it's kind of loosely in doubles with Mary breaking the pattern. We can only see the first horse in the first row. Horse what? number. That's not true. Or is it just one in that row? No, it's, I have one and two there. Oh, yeah. I don't, yes. They're, they're doubles. 
Mary is the third in the second row. Yes. Yeah, because I have one, two in the first row, and then in the and then three, four, second five, yeah. row, yes, is Mary, and then four, yes, five, and yes. then I, six, seven. I was just looking eight, at nine. my diagram yeah. incorrectly. Okay. Um, so okay. one, with one being closer to the camera, and then first row, is a big uh, chocolate bay with a very ragged saddle cloth. I think I described it as a dish cloth, because it looks <laughs> torn to shreds. The rider around, has... A, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. which I started to describe as conical, and then I remembered the discourse. <laughs> it's a round helm. <laughs> and next to him is a chestnut with a crusted helm. That's like the fucking Rohan special, a chestnut with a crusted helm. Yeah, I wrote dark chestnut, but that might just be because it's in shadow. And then in the next row, closest to the camera, we have Mary on his little white horse, as discussed. Yeah, and that horse, its bridle has, I called it like a T-strap bridle, but it's like it has a nose band and then it has the forehead band. And in between those is like a vertical strap that runs down its face and attaches them. Um, yeah, it's not it's so, not face armor. It's like... No, it's just very like squared, squarely strappy bridle. And it has some kind of... It has, like, a neck band, but, like, we've talked about, like, the breast collar, um, which we just discovered the name of. But this was more, like, actually around its neck and, like, attached sort of under the saddle horn, not, like, to the sides of the girth. Yeah, and it's, like, it's a much... draped around its neck. Wider, more decorative piece of leather. Like, this actually looks like a collar and and that it's like the collar of a dress shirt like it's it's wide and like decorative and not it doesn't look like it's functional as much now as i'm just imagining horses with like dress shirt <laughs> collars like actual like <laughs> uh, okay we'll post it we'll post a picture of it yeah and then we have a light gray dapple Son of a bitch. There's a, there was another dapple. Yeah, three of them. I'm the most unreliable. I'm the most unreliable narrator. <laughs> um, with uh, very gray legs. That's the last dapple, I swear to God. And very solid face armor. Its rider was wearing like black and green. Like lots of them are wearing green, but this was like black and green in a more distinct way uh, and carrying a round shield. I didn't write down its mane and tail color. I'm assuming, because I didn't write them down, that they were light gray. Yeah, I assume so too. I also did not write it down. I think we generally only noted if it's like... Contrasting. If it's either the Firefoot direction or the, um, that beautiful elven yeah, horse. Yeah, we named that horse. What did we name that horse? It was an elvish. Uh, anyways. <laughs> uh, number five. Uh, is a chestnut with a stripe on its right side of its nose. Mm-hmm. It has uh, short socks um, all around except its right front, which is taller, is more like a half cannon or something. And and it has a face armor with that ridge down the nose like we've seen earlier, the kind of stitched leather ridge. Yes, and actually its left rear foot does not have a sock. It has short white socks on both right feet, front and back. And the left front has a taller sock, but the left 
rear has oh oh okay socks on left front is tall left front tall and then right and then socks on right yeah the next row behind that number six yeah i like this horse we have a bay with really high dark points which is a look i just like Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a it seems like a bigger horse and a bigger rider than the people around it yeah uh, and has face armor with that little cutout. I also, uh, this one did have a horseshoe shape, like, on its forehead, like, facing upright the other direction. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking of earlier. Because we saw, we did these, we are fools and took the notes, like, all out of order. And so we, like, describe some things some way and then we'll clarify it later when we see it again. Yeah. So I think that's probably, this is the horse that I was thinking about. Earlier, like in the scene with Aragorn and Eowyn, do have the little cutouts at the end of the nose piece. But yeah, but this has an actual horse shape like up on the horse's brow. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I wrote that it was a rich, glossy bay, that it was big in all caps, dramatic black points. I also wrote that it has a coronet on its rear right. Right rear yeah although i know there's some confusion about who's some you know and a lot of these shots there's just there's so many legs that it's it's sometimes difficult to figure yeah who's like whose sock is whose sock is that Mm -hmm. next to six farther back from the camera we have a bay with dark mane and um dark ear tips which i think was Mm -hmm. i thought was very cute it's a very dark bay Mm -hmm. And I, I just love that where it feels like we saw the horse that we were speculating was a seal brown earlier where its nostrils were like very visibly like ringed in mm-hmm. black. And this horse has same like its ears, the tips of its ears are, mm-hmm. are outlined. It's like line art. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Number eight, which starts the next row or pair uh, is I wrote bay with a question mark because it was getting hard to see. It had an asymmetrical white mm-hmm. stripe on its nose and a white sock on its left rear leg. <laughs> Which I have written down as right left. <laughs> rear left. Oh boy. I really think it's the word rear that starts tripping us up because white and right are already difficult and when we add rear in there it just throws us off we have to just say front and back and yeah uh, yeah you're right white right rear yeah (laughs) i really like right left sock (laughs) a a large boulder the size of a small boulder (laughs) (laughs) that was that was this year unbelievably Farther back in that row, there's a bay which has both back socks. Yes. And a white stripe. And last but not least, in the back, by Can itself, I just read you my note here? Yes, please. Powerful rump. Ooh. Light feathering. Ooh. Chestnut. Sock, sock. Because that's, like, diagrammed. <laughs> sock, sock. Um... Yeah, I have a darker chestnut with rear socks. Seems cold-blooded. Has some feathering. Oh, god damn it! I was you were saying sock sock as I was writing, and so I was 
writing your quote powerful rump, but instead I wrote powerful sock in quotes. <laughs> um, so that's the last horse kind of in that procession, but there is another horse visible throughout in this scene. Joey? Just, just a rump. Just a chestnut rump. The camera is sort of like facing this, this line is moving sort of diagonally past the camera from like the upper right to the lower left and this horse is facing right off screen so you can only see its rump yeah yeah that's all yeah just a butt just a butt okay so name those horses yeah i feel like we should do you want to just work through do you want to cherry pick i feel like the most important horse to name here obviously is mary's little pony Mm. Yeah, what should we name that horse? Hmm. I like the idea of it having a name reminiscent of the Shire. Yeah, totally. Um, We could name it Farthing. I don't know if that works, actually. Hmm. I don't hate that. Okay. Um, There are various tree names. Meadow. Uh, Something about Longbottom Leaf. Clover. Oh, Clover's very cute. I do like that. Because I was trying to think of white blossoms, but like white blossoms that felt like the Shire and Clover. That's... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, well, yeah. Because the what? other, like, the, like, canonical white blossom is Ethelus, the healing plant that Aragorn uses to heal Frodo. But that's yeah, but, a little I mean, more, there like, are, there high-minded. Are, there are multiple kinds of white blossoms. Like, there's also Oh, oh, yeah, totally, Luna, totally. I just mean, I'm trying to think of, like, the one, that's, like, the one, like, white flower that I know of, like, named for sure. Yeah, yeah. But for Shire vibes, I think Clover. Yes, I, yes, I agree. I agree. Clover it mm-hmm. is. Okay. We have the Chocolate Bay the thing that is most striking about this horse is its fucking dish rag of a saddlecloth. So we named uh we named a horse Anne earlier because of a raggedy saddlecloth. Can this be Andy? Can we have Yeah, that's nicer. I was gonna say we should just name it dishcloth, and so Andy is <laughs> a step up for this horse. Oh. Andy. Um, okay, can we call number two Winston? Ooh, yeah, the chestnut with the crusted helm. Yeah. No particular reason, just it's there. Yes, then we yeah, have I like Clover. It. Oh, and, and then, then we, we have, have that light gray dapple, dapple, which could be another cloud name. <laughs> yeah. It could be... something. It could also be something about it being unanticipated because it was the surprise dapple. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you got another cloud name locked and loaded? Stratus. Which is funny because of counterweight and everything else, but... Yeah. New type, the horse. <laughs> the only other thing I can think of re a surprise is downpour, like a surprise downpour. Oh yeah, that's that's kind of cute. Or like I think didn't we name a horse Deluge? Oh, probably. That sounds familiar, but I don't know now. I think maybe we can no, I think we considered it for the water horses that Arwen summons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think what do you think? I think downpour I like I think or Stratus or something. I, well, else. downpour. I don't know. Downpour is really cute. Okay, let's do I that. I think then. I might. Okay, I think I'm leaning downpour. Okay, great. Number five. 
with the, the chestnut with socks. the stripe and the yeah, the and the right left sock. Um wait, I thought your no, the right left sock was on number 6, wasn't it? No. Are you sure? Yeah, cuz that's a coronet, not a sock. Okay, but on 5 you initially said it has a left taller sock and then white socks all around even though you were wrong about that because it didn't have a right or it didn't have a left rear sock. Wow, you really just wanted to point out that I was right about, I, that I was no, wrong about I'm socks, just, huh? <laughs> No, I'm just saying I very distinctly remember what you said about that horse and the right-left sock. You know, it's lost to history and there's no way to go to back and check. either six or eight. Okay. Um, anyways, it did have confusing socks and a It was sock. eight. It was eight. Rear-left sock. Okay. Yeah. Can we call this cider? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, six is the bay with the oh, high dark yeah. points who is a big boy. Yeah. I feel like they need a really, you know, distinguished name. <laughs> I was going to say thigh highs, which is the opposite <laughs> of a distinguished name. What's a name that feels both distinguished and evokes thigh highs? Red Jack. You know, we can name the horse. We can name the horse Ace. Oh yeah, have we not named a horse Ace yet? Um, let's see. Double check that. But otherwise, that sounds that's perfect. I'm returning a lot of results, but I think that's all for face. I don't. Oh yeah. Let me let me go. No, Can I don't you... think we've named a horse Ace. Okay, you might be able to search like space, like like actually make a space in the Control F first, and then search Ace. I don't know if that'll work or not. I don't know how to search like a word with a. Um, that does not seem to have worked. Okay. There's only twenty results for Ace though, so let me just tab through these super fast. Yeah, I don't think we've named a horse Ace. Okay. Yeah, that that's Great. perfect. Ace it is. Just want to say that if you somehow listen to this podcast and don't listen to Friends at the Table, you should do that. Yeah, actually, that reminds me. I want. I wanted to say the other flaxen-haired horse we should name Samad. <laughs> oh. We'll we'll get we'll get to him. We'll get to him. Okay. Um, number seven is the bay with the dark mane and the like, um, very outlined ears. Mm-hmm. If we're going to name a horse Samat in a minute, can we name this horse Samothies? Or do we have to save those names for oh, like I don't know. more, you know? Well, uh, I was thinking like horses. because flaxen horses don't appear very often. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. If you're reluctant, then we, we then we won't do it. Yeah, I feel like Samothies might actually be a better fit for number six because it's like a big beefy... Mm. for the one that we oh, named ace yeah 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 but he is big and also his rider is big which then ace works well because red Jack yeah is big. yeah so let's yeah. so okay. let's just we'll, sit we'll on save. let's sit on samothy's yeah. okay what are um, we gonna name this horse though um a bay with dark mane and dark oh. tips actually it, that feels like a fucking ephraim horse tbh well i was gonna say since we have ace this could be kodiak Oh, side by side, you know. Yeah, that's true. Throndier and Red Red Jack. Yeah, let's do that. That's Ace and Kodiak. Okay, great. 
Okay, number eight. They with the vivid stripe in the right left sock. Yeah, that stripe was asymmetrical also. Um, I got nothing. Um, do you want to keep going with friends at the table Cedar. names or do you want to? No, I don't want to. I like, I like Ace and Kodiak, but I don't want to fall into just using yeah. a bunch of character yeah. names. Cedar. Um, P- Peter? Cedar? Like the wood? Like the tree? Cedar. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cute. I'm into it. Number nine. Bay with <laughs> white bay. stripe and two rear socks. Two back socks, rather. Um, uh-huh. Cedar and hemlock. I was going to say cedar. Yes. Cedar and pine because those are more thematically linked, but this horse is not a pine. Yeah. Okay, hemlock. I mean, so there's the poisonous hemlock that's like a plant, and then there's hemlock trees, which are like those work with cedar trees. So, yeah. That's... And then we um, have okay. uh, number 10 the darker chestnut with the rear socks. Rump. The powerful rump. What tree gives off powerful rump energy? A uh, giant sequoia. I think that might be too, I think that might be, like, too dignified for giant rump energy. Mm. Oh, a, no. a, a baobab tree? Oh, there it is, yeah. I've never known if I'm pronouncing that tree correctly, so I'm very sorry if I'm not. That is not how I say it in my mind, but I think I say it in my mind and like, mush. Mm. Let me look it up really fast. I'm already too. <laughs> okay, report oh, back. Oh, ba- bobab. Bobab. Great. And then, oh, speaking wait, of powerful wait, wait, rumps... Wait, I'm sorry, wait. What? Baobab. Baobab. Okay, yeah. The way it was spelled here was B-A-W, like, like as the phonetic pronunciation, which I assumed would be pronounced ba, not bao, but then I listened, and it's bao, which makes more yeah, sense that does, given that's that it's spelled not... B-A-O. Yeah. So, Baobab. That's what that Baobab. horse's name is. Um, okay. And then speaking of powerful rumps, we have the chestnut butt. Mm. Um, I'm going to say, in keeping with the tree theme, locust, because it is the immovable thing in the scene, and you don't want to perfect touch or move locust trees because they have those thorns. Oh, yeah. Great. Great, great, great. Okay, so we have Andy, Winston, Clover, Downpour, Cider, Ace, Kodiak, Cedar, Hemlock, Baobab, 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 Locust. Are we done with horses yet? No, we have one last one, but it's short. It's very short. These are the last (laughs) new horses that are individually distinguishable. At 109.46, so mere seconds later... We have um, mm-hmm. a little group of horses um, kind of arranged from, we're, we're numbering them from left to right across the screen. Mm, I have two like directly behind one and then it's like two pairs and I ha- like we've been counting pairs. It's yeah, just with that... like one and three being closer to the camera than four. And yes, three a and farther four ahead. is lagging behind a little bit. So yeah. one and two are like more in line, and then four is like, uh, yeah, dragging behind three. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. One, we have a chestnut with its rump covered by the 
It's uh, This says by Saddlecloth. I actually don't know if it's covered by the Saddlecloth or the Cloak of the Rider. I just wrote covered by fabric. Um, that probably means cloak then. Yeah. Because I don't uh, know if we could actually see. Yeah, but I'm just, like, I'm thinking about, like, Rohirrim saddlecloths that we've seen, and almost none of them yeah. actually go around the back. If there's fabric on the butt, yeah. it's almost always the yeah, rider's yeah, cloak. Yeah. yeah. So I think... Yeah. I think it's probably cloak. I also wrote that that rider has a rounded helm. And then two, which is kind of its pair in the line going to the left, was a bay with a crested rider. Uh, three is uh, the other the other flaxen chestnut. And you described wow. the texture of this mane as a little fluffier, which I agree with you in this instance. Wow. Finally, some textural agreement. F- finally, unanimity on our podcast. Yes. Also, that writer has a round helm. And then four uh, is a probably chestnut. I have a question mark there, but presumably a chestnut. Um Again, a like crested helm rider uh, with a green cloak that is lying over the rump. Yep, that is also what I have. And these, these I think are the last four new ones. What are we feeling name wise? Um, Madrona. Oh, love that! Oh man, who's that for? Or is that just for whoever? I think that's number two. I was gonna say the bay, yeah. Because it, yeah, it feels more like a bay than a chestnut. But number one could be Douglas. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I only got there because I was thinking about trees and I was thinking about Douglas firs. Mm. Um. Yeah, there's there's something there about like fur and it being like covered by cloth. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What if we name it Mantle? Love that. Love that. Mantle and Madrona together is like, wah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three, the flaxen chestnut. Here's here's the thing. You suggested Samat. I don't think this horse is actually dramatic enough to be named Samat. No, and it's not. I just wanted it because I, we see so few flaxens. I understand. We named the earlier one Annika, and my pitch is that we named this one Tommy, like Annika's brother. Yeah. I realize it's not as exciting and it's not a poll that makes any sense to you, but it does to me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. I don't know that it fully works for me, but like I respect that it does for you and we, we can do it. Okay. Um, and then lastly, the chestnut with a crested rider. As the last as the last crest crestnut chestnut of this episode, do we have like one more nut name? Um Peanut. Nuts. Hold on. Nuts. Oh, you're just rejecting peanut just like that? I, I, peanuts are, I just, I think peanut is too cute for that, you know? Yeah, but it's the last one, and so I thought that was cute. Oh, that's true. Um, I do want to, hold on, I want to look at a list of nuts. List of edible nuts. Okay. Pine nut. Acorns! We forgot about, I think we've named a horse acorn. I'm actually... Yeah. Beech nuts are a thing, though. Oh, hickory nuts, which is also a tree. We could name this hickory. Hickory? Yeah, I'm into it. Hickory's a good um, chestnutty color, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I like that. Hickory. So, there's a roundup, just a few more, like, shots to describe, and then we can finish this vow. 
Yeah. That was 109.46. Not very long later, uh, Aragorn mounts real Brego. Yes. And then we see the column riding out from Edoras. So we get kind of our, like, A-list at the front. We have Theoden on Snowmane again. Eomer on fire. Yes, who... I, can we just talk about this for yeah, a second? We, yeah. So we've had some debate about like, okay, why is he on Prince? Because we know Snowman is coming back, which I had, I wasn't doubting it because I just, I don't have clear memories of Return of the King and what horse they had in rides. So I was like, maybe he died in that battle. He did not die because he's here now and he will be here in the rest of Return of the King. Um, and then we actually went back and watched the warg attack to see if we can tell what happens to Snowmane. We see Theoden on foot at the end of that battle, and there are a couple white horses in that scene with, like, wounded men sort of slung over their backs. So we think that Snowmane was probably carrying wounded men back, and Theoden was riding on Prince instead, and then that Theoden was, like, giving him some R&R for a while to recuperate maybe he was my mildly injured but we know we know that snowman never dies because snowman's whole thing is being theoden's bane but it was interesting Wait, to go back in theoden's bane yeah do you not his beloved does that not mean anything him? to you no yeah. i don't remember this is he crushed under his own horse well do you want do you want to know or do you want to be surprised by it i want to know snowman kills theoden why how why? <laughs> because because Theoden, not not intentionally, like in the upcoming battle, Theoden is attacked by the Witch King on the Fell Beast. The Fell Beast kills Snowmane, and Theoden is pinned beneath Snowmane and like dies because of his injuries. Oh, do they actually use the phrase Theoden's bane? Yes. Why? How? Because it's the thing that killed Theoden. Right. Because, but... because Snowman is the thing that caused, like, Theoden's death. Okay, it just seems really dramatic to be like, wow, there was a tragic accident involving his beloved horse, and now we're gonna remember that horse as Theoden's bane. Yeah, instead of, like, Theoden was killed by the fucking Witch King of Angmar. Yeah! It's like, like that I, horse I know, it's a whole thing, we'll get to so it. so many battles through his life, and, like, I- Okay. Okay, I don't like I, that. Joey, I, I'm Joey, unhappy. I, I, I genuinely don't think it's about blaming Snowmane. I think it's a dramatic irony that the horse king is killed by a horse thing. Yeah, but I just don't like it. Okay, that's <laughs> fair. Anyways, we knew Snowmane was around. And he's back. And he's back. So yeah, we have we have all the heavy hitters at the front. Aragorn on real Brego this time. Legolas and Gimli on Arad. We actually can't see Awen in this shot, but what we can see, so they're leading the column out of Edoras, so it's huge. I maybe was starting to say it and got distracted. (laughs) (laughs) For knowledge, you were unhappy to have. Aemir on Firefoot is there. It's like those four in the front, and then the huge column, like, sneaking out under the plain outside of Edoras, and you can see it also, like, up through the city yeah. it's a fuck ton of horses um as we said this is the same canonically like the same host from helm's the, deep the so myriad attempting to count it the myriad yeah. yeah and that is it that is where that is where we leave at the end of the chapter theoden's decision 
Do you want to go over the horses really fast? And just for shits and giggles, we're not adding them to the count, but we should count how many horses we named today. There's only there's only one horse to add to the count, which is Cartwright from the beginning. Oh yeah. Wait, and Mary's horse. Oh shit! Yeah. So two. Yeah, because that was. I mean, it's a little horse. It would not have been in that charge before. Totally. Okay, so let's let's go in review. Today, we have Cartwright, who is new. We have Whisper, Sunny, Dancer, Freedom, Chester, Afk, which is another fucking chestnut horse, <laughs> Dusty, Lyle, Annika, Steps, Robespierre, Forest, Pecan, Palm, Cirrus, Bustle, Barley, Oats, Biz, Braino and Megilla 2, which are fake Brago and fake McGillowin, Mud, Helena, Ink, Freddie, Victor, and Pagliacci, <laughs> Appa, Quill, Tassel, Chalcedony, Jasper, Sterling, Aluminum, Amber, Spinel, Carnelian, Almond, Pistachio, Macadamia, Cashew, Walnut, Andy, Winston, Clover, who is also new, mm-hmm. Downpour, Cider, Ace, Kodiak, Cedar, Hemlock, Baobab, Locust, Mantle, Madrona, Tommy, and Hickory. Wow. Oh, I just thought of something. What? No, this is a good thing. This is, I'm sorry. Well, I, I do need to detour to headcanon really fast. Okay. And then we'll be back to actually do the math okay. bit. You know who Clover is? Who? Clover is the smaller horse that that um, Eowyn learned to ride on. Yeah. When she was yeah. little. Yeah. Wow. And I love that this, like, we're heading into the part of the story where, like, the Mary Eowyn bond is very real. So yeah. I really like that. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so let's count. Oh, that means um, that, like, then when Eowyn is, like, riding into battle as Durnhelm. I mean, I guess. Wait. Well, Clover doesn't stick around for that long, right? Because she just swoops Mary up on her horse with her. Yeah, presumably Mary or Clover gets left at the encampment. Yeah, but I was going to say that means like her childhood horse is with her as she like rides into battle, yeah. but it's not because she and Mary share a horse. No. But that horse does sort of like send her off, you know? Sayadin would just be like, yeah, I don't know, pick a horse. Eowyn would be like, Mary, this horse cared for me and protected me and taught me. And like Aww. now she will do the same for you. Yeah, I'm crying now. I know, I it just, it <laughs> like, like, it like came actually, to me in a I strike of lightning and I knew it to be true. Wow. Okay, so we have one from Cartwright. We have five, five, four. I should have been doing this as we went. Two, three, nine. This is thrilling to do. I'm, I'm got too too big a brain holes today to even attempt to do the math out loud as we sometimes do so i'm doing it on a calculator that is a oh this doesn't i think i did the math bad because i got 93 horses and i don't Uh, think that uh, was okay hold on can i read the numbers aloud to you and you add them yes or type them into your phone whatever yeah tell me when you're ready ready okay one from cartwright five from whisper sunny dancer and freedom and chester Five from Afka, Chestnut, you don't Dusty, have to Lyle, name them all, but just you know. Uh, four. Yeah. Two, three, nine, eight, five, eleven, 
and four. That is 57 horses. But it's not 93. Nope. 55 named from Myriad to new. Okay, great. So our previous horse total was 628. So that brings us up to 630 horses. Wow. Who's your favorite horse today, Joey? Oh, that's a great question. Probably Ace. Yeah, totally. Um, I very much like Clover because of the headcanon, but I also yeah. like Cartwright for being the only horse yeah. in Minas Tirith. Good yeah. job, Cartwright. You must work real hard. Good job. Wow. Two vows. Vows one. Check. Vow two. Complete. Check. So, vow three is that we will rewrite one of Tolkien's songs per episode. And last time we did not do that because there was not a song in the book. And this time we're not doing part of the book, but we are going to rewrite a song because I think we regretted it last time. And... <laughs> We did not answer. We did not answer the lit beacon there. Well, I mean, that's not the lit beacon, but... No, no, no. That's not the beacon of people asking questions, but we did pass yeah. on a beacon, you know? Yeah. So we're going to go back and pull a song that we've already, like, skipped over. Oh, yeah. To rewrite. Do you have any idea what song you, you want to do? I'm looking at the list of songs now. That's probably more um, productive than paging through the book like I'm doing. Uh, I mean, maybe... Uh, there's a lot of pages there, Joey. Wait, did we write anything for the walking song that they sing? Upon the hearth the fire is red, beneath the roof there is a bed, but not yet weary are our feet, still round the corner we may meet. A sudden tree or standing stone that none have seen but we alone. I don't Tree and think flower and leaf and grass, so. let them pass, let them pass. Hill and water under sky, pass them by, pass them by. Oh my god, oh my god. Um, <laughs> hold on. Uh, do you know what section this was? It is in Three is Company, which is pretty early on. It's in the same I know, yeah, I know it's in Fellowship. As the road goes but... ever on and on. Um, so probably in our first... They sing The Road Goes Ever On and On several well, times. Yeah. But probably in our first episode. Um, I or don't think I episode? have this one. I don't think I have this one on my... Oh, I have Farewell to Hearth and Home. Is that it? Yes. Wait. Uh, okay, oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, no, it's not. What's the opening line? Upon the hearth, the fire is red. I don't think I have this one on my songs list. Wow. What page is it for you? I understand it won't match up with mine. 86. It's going to be yeah, this is... past 86 for you because my pages are bigger. Okay, hold on. Let me grab my book super fast. Okay. It's shortly before Snow White, Snow White, O Lady Clear, O Queen Beyond the Western Seas. O light to us that wander here amid the world of woven trees. Gilthoniel, O Elbereth, clear are thy eyes and bright thy breath. Snow White, Snow White, we sing to thee in a far land beyond Ugh. the sea. Sorry, what chapter did you say it was in? Three is Company. It's like just a couple pages before Snow White, Snow White, O Lady Clear. Okay. Where the elves, like the hobbits run into the elves as they travel. Yeah. 
who are singing. The road goes ever on. Upon the heart, the fire is red. Oh, I have it marked even. I don't know why. Oh, oh, you know why? Because why? this is the home is behind the world ahead that they pull Pippin's song from. And so I have it annotated as home is behind the world ahead. Oh, and there are many paths to tread. Yeah, because it's like the it's like the most famous sung song from the frickin' movies. They just instead of it being like a merry walking song, it's like a yeah. fucking sad song. I mean, it is it's, you know, both happy and sad. It says Bilbo Baggins had made the words to a tune that was as old as the hills and taught it to Frodo as they walked in the lanes of the water valley and talked about adventure capitalized. Yeah. Anyways, I like it, and we could rewrite it. Yeah, do you want to just do one verse? Yeah, I think through, we need, we need, there's sort of like a verse, and then like, it changes every time, but that pattern of the like, let them pass, let them pass, and pass them by, pass them by, or, you know. And those, then to bed, words yeah. Change. But yeah, we want like, sort of a stanza and a, and a chorus. Right, right, right. We've been living chaotically in Shadowfax, and so my my document is in some amount of disarray. It's okay. Um. So what's what's like the what's the crux of this song? You know, it's a traveling song. I'm looking through the whole thing to get a feel for it. There's very much this sense of like we know where home is. Like there's the presence of home. Um. But for now, we're traveling. Um. Yeah. But at some point, we'll go back home. I feel like we've done several, we've done a few, like, I can't wait to be home and past my travails mm -hmm. type songs. Yeah, I feel like this is, this is primarily about, like, knowing that, like, someday we'll be eager to go home, but right now we're enjoying the adventure. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so that's, yeah. and I think... Like, my inclination is just to write this from the perspective of a horse. Yeah. So, like, upon the hearth, the fire is red. That has to be... And, like, beneath the roof, there is a bed. Um, that has to be yeah. stuff about a stable. Um, what, what comforts of the stable would a horse look forward to? Upon the wall, there is some salt... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I kind I don't I don't think I want to do food because we we usually like do food stuff. Mm, like I'm thinking about like mm -hmm. a blanket or like the fluffy like bedding, something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Famil familiar blanket smells, straw. some something. Yeah. Also, like a person. It's possible that like uh, this horse yeah. is adventuring, but there's another either with a person or on its own, like Shadowfax is sometimes just out on his own, right? Right. Um, but, like, at home is also, like, their preferred human. Right. And it's sort of in rhyming couplets, so those first two lines have to rhyme, um, and then the, you know, third and fourth lines have to rhyme. So, like, not yet weary are our feet. Could be hooves although then that has to rhyme with the following line which gets difficult yeah we've had um, we've we've struggled with the hooves before <laughs> yeah mm. not yet weary are our legs might legs. be i mean uh, horses have feet that could could stay but yeah i 
I... I almost wanted to be like, our spirit isn't weary yet, but spirit, mm. I don't think is easy to run. Okay, let's do the, let's yeah. do the first couplet first. Let's... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I don't think we can start with a pawn. No. Unless it's like upon the ground. Yeah, but I think... straw. Upon the ground is softest straw beneath the roof. Grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) His old grandpa in his horrible card table bed. Oh, oh, actually, we could do something about paw because horses like... A thing that horses like about bedding is being able to like paw at it. Oh, that's true. Blah, clotch, caw, draw, gnaw. Saw jaw. We could do we could do salt to gnaw. Although I did say that I kind of want to yeah, avoid. What I what I wanted to get at is that like feeling of a familiar person. Um, yeah. I'm just not sure what. To, yeah. There's also ah uh, like I said ah uh, like a w e but there's also ah uh, like a w w or or yeah but or a h like like the like a sigh of relief. Mm, yeah or upon the ground there is some straw a stable warm in which to thaw oh i like that a pound i i like i like the feeling of upon the ground a softest straw a stable warm a place to thaw but not yet weary are our bones hmm still round the corner we not yet weary are our feet still round the corner we may meet a sudden tree or standing stone that none have seen but we alone fuck that's good i mean see we don't actually have to change any of that you know i feel like for the horse though the desire is not in seeing the new thing which is not a thing horses particularly love no but in, like, it's about like running and yeah, smelling I, I i was gonna say like like a stretch a stretch to run or something a creek to race, something like that. Something mm. about the kind of like unfettered movement. I mean, I think we could, I think we could keep not yet weary are our feet still round the corner we may meet and then change the things to meet. Mm. Yeah, I think that's probably good. Yeah, because we need to transform it, but we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Something, uh, something, something, or plane Can to we... roam. Yeah, is it? I kind of I. <laughs> What's jumping out at me is the half rhyme of fleet and creek. Hmm. But we already did feet and meat, so that's true. Fleet fits better there. Yeah, I I I do like the idea of like. Thank you, Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Like, racing something in nature. Like, racing the creek or, like, you know, something like that. Yeah, what what does it mean to race a creek, though? Please, you've seen Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Only once, though. Soon that will change. I know. Okay, I have have a a potential rhyme, but I want to hear yours. Well, okay, I have two sort of options I'm considering. One is... A creek to jump or plain to roam that we can run before turning home or something along those lines. The other version is a creek to jump or open plain that we can run or race something, something, ain, but I haven't figured out that 
Mm, yeah. So what what do you have? Uh, but not yet weary are our feet, still round the corner we may meet, the room to run a meadow fair to test my speed and paw the air. Oh, perfect. Love that. Okay, great. Tree and flower, leaf and grass, let them pass, let them pass, hill and water under sky, pass them by, pass them by. Yeah, does that need to change? Like, what what would make that feel horsier to you? It feels like it's almost there because... We're, we're getting at, like, the joy of running and having the scenery kind of, like, mm-hmm. fly past you. So it, it feels, like, almost there. Maybe this would be, a, like, both of us were kind of playing with, like, plain and creek. This might be a good, like, in that first line, like, tr- instead of tree, flower, and le- leaf and grass can be, like, tree and plain, creek and something. Well, yeah, I was just thinking, like, hill and meadow and creek and grass. Hill and meadow, creek and grass. Oh, I guess it is. Yeah, it's and, and, and. Yeah, hill and meadow and creek and grass. That that middle and feels weird to me. Yeah. But it is there. Um, um, let but them yeah, pass, let hill, them pass. Hill, meadow, and creek are sort of bigger things that a horse is more likely to sort of yeah, pay totally. attention to than like a flower and a leaf, you know? Right, right, and, and yeah, it's yeah, it's the scale of like I am running and like eating up ground. Yes, um, and then we the next line says hill and water under sky, and we've just used hill. So, uh, oh shoot, um, Pl- plain. We could do plain and water under sky. Pass them by. Pass pass them by, which is a thing you would you had suggested plain earlier. Yeah, and we could actually, we could change water to river. We said creek, but we could say plain and river under yes, sky. Yes, I love that because that feels very Rohan to me, plain and river. Yeah. Plain and river, under sky. Oh, also, it, that could be plain. It could also be field. Field and river, under sky. Oh, that's better. Let, let's, it just has that's better, better. mouthfeel. Yeah. Pass them by. Pass them by. Field and river, under sky. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, do you want to do the first half or the second half? I think we should actually do two lines each and alternate. Oh, yeah, for each couplet? Them by two yep, lines. Yep, sounds good. I'm, hold on. This is uh-huh. this is pretty tricky. I think we should do that until we get to the kind of call and response, and then we'll switch the call and response. Like, you'll do tree and flower, and I'll do let them pass, and you'll do oh, field okay. and river, and I'll do pass them by because it's a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Why don't you start because I didn't write down the third set of lines that you wrote. Um, yeah. And you have them. So. Okay. Upon the ground is soft as straw, a stable warm, a place to thaw. But not yet weary are our feet. Still round the corner we may meet. The room to run, a meadow fair, to test my speed and paw the air. Hill and meadow and creek and grass. Let them pass. Let them pass. It's it's you, because then it swap, you know? Oh. Th- okay, that's not what I said during the thing, but that works. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. Just take a Field uh, and split river. Second of- Wait. Sorry. Okay. Let's, let's just do the whole second half of the poem clean. Hill and meadow and creek and grass. Let them pass. Let them pass. Field and river under sky. Pass them by. Pass them by. Wow, that's a good one. We did okay. Yeah. 
We did okay. We did not fall apart. <laughs> As we often do. You know, honestly, I think taking one week of poetry off was good for us because we like fucking came back strong. We like recentered, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vow number four is to answer the beacon of Gondor oh, when the shit. beacon is lit. Yeah, there, uh, cue lighting of beacon montage. <laughs> we haven't talked about the, the music that plays during that scene, but it's really good. Yeah, I've already forgotten it, but I trust you. It's that like kind of arpeggiated horn part. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so Ivy emailed us and says, and crap, I keep forgetting to say this in an episode. And so like, no judgment on the people who have not done this. Um, It's, you know, on us. But when you email us, uh, if you could include your pronouns so we know what so we to do say not misgender we... you on the podcast exactly anyways ivy says hail and well met <laughs> joey and caitlin if each of the four main hobbits was a pony Ooh. what breed slash color would they be thank you for your work a fellow horse and lotr gay oh um, I'm assuming, you know, this is a, a fellow gay who likes horses and L-O-T-R, but it does read a little like a fellow horse who is also <laughs> okay. an L-O-T-R what, gay. Hey, Joey, what percent of our listenership do you think are horses? We have at least one. One confirmed you know, horse listener. Right. Shout out to yeah. uh, friend of the pod, Nat, who is a I, horse. I don't know. I wonder, do you think any um, of... Our listeners okay. who have of horses the, okay. listen to of the four. our podcast with their horses, like when they're out in the stable, like mucking stalls or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like depending on the timbre of the podcast, horses would like it because it's just kind of like low rumbly human speaking noises. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes if we you do listen to the podcast though. with your horse. I'm yeah, I'm sorry for every time we've raucously laughed about something. Yeah, but please tell us. If you, if your horse has heard, it, like, even a snippet of Shadowfax, I would love to know that. The next Patreon reward tier is Horse ASMR versions of the podcast, where we repeat the entire podcast, but in soothing tones. Mm. <laughs> Great. So, uh, Frodo, Sam, Mary, Pippin, ponies. What are they? Huh. This would be easier if I knew any breeds of ponies beyond Shetland. Shetland. Well, there's also the little Nordic ponies. Oh, yeah. I feel like Merry and Pippin would be a little, like, matched set of dappled ponies. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can picture, like, Merry and Pippin don't look very similar, but I like the mm-hmm. idea of Merry and Pippin as ponies being similar enough looking that they could, like, cause antics that way. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. When you say dappled, are you thinking, like, like gray? Like a gray dapple? Yeah. Yeah. With, um, you know, butt, butt speckles. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, fl- yeah. little pony It's funny manes. because, like, the majority of hobbits are, like, chestnut Shetland ponies. You know, that's just mm-hmm. like, it. you know, based on appearance alone, like that's sort of the closest horse equivalent 
like a chestnut Shetland pony is the the Hobbit of horses, right? It just hair color wise and stuff. But I like I like the the dapple idea. Oh, there's the Exmoor ponies. Oh, I gotta look up some pictures of ponies, man. So Exmoor ponies are like the coloration that we think of when we say seal brown. Are they Were that or are they the coloration we think of when we? No, those are those are um Pangare. Yes. I think. I think they get light enough. Well, it varies based on the pictures I'm seeing, but I think they get light enough that they would count as Pangare rather than seal brown, but you're right, they have that sort of color change effect. Um I think Sam might be an Exmoor pony. Sam, I think, definitely has the little the little feathered fetlocks. Yeah. This feels like low-hanging fruit, but, like, whatever else he is, Frodo is definitely, like, a wall-eyed pony, you know? Uh, what does that mean? What What does that mean? Like, the, the, like, the unsettling, like... Sort of, like, bluish eyes? Blue, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see Frodo being, like like a black and white pony uh hold on i'm sorry i just i just checked myself i thought wall-eyed meant like blue-eyed and horses it actually is like a way to refer to like being cross-eyed or having bulging eyes Mm. um so that is not the word that i want to use to yeah describe that horse that is incorrect Mm -hmm. um but you know like the like when ponies and horses have blue eyes, how like yeah. unsettling they are in their faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like Sam as a pony would have a big a big wide blaze. Mm. Mm-hmm. I hear you, but I also think Sam is a Dartmoor and they don't really seem to have blazes. That's fair. What do you feel about but, Frodo Pony? Well, I was just saying like a black and white, like blue eyed little pony oh like um like our friend chip or was that and frankie? Or frankie i don't remember uh, i'm sorry uh, well i know uh snow snow step right yeah because snow step was the black and white one yeah um yeah i am looking at dartmoor ponies and then cloud main was the white one. Oh wow this one is super speckly I don't know what it is, but it's like, it's like a Dalmatian pony. Is this the one that has, like, a foal? Like what? A foal, was it? No. Okay, I'm looking at a, pony at a speckled Dartmoor pony. No, I'm I'm not looking at Dartmoors now. I'm just looking at black and white ponies. Oh, okay. Curious. So I'm looking, at, Joey, I'm looking at a Dartmoor pony on the Wikipedia page, which is like, very fluffy and red, but has a flaxen mane and like white white stockings and a little white nose, and that that's a Sam pony to me. Okay, that's cute. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm. I have found some incredibly adorable ponies. Oh, send like them to me. I sent you. I sent you this and Sam in the Discord. I I don't even know. Oh yeah, that's that's a Sam pony. That's a Sam pony. Yeah. Okay. Here are some ponies. Here's some pictures I found. Some of them are. Babies. Oh wow! 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 Oh wow! That last one. 
I love the the one that is like facing the camera and is like has is white with brown speckles and just has so much mane and forelock. Like Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And um, then the... and then the one after it that is just <laughs> Oh that's man! Sort of like soft, oh. velvety brown with such a fluffy mane, and then it's the like totally frizzed babies. out. Yeah, I do like the one that you sent above that one facing the camera, which is running and looks oh, like yeah. a toy horse because of how perfectly like mm-hmm. posed it is while mm-hmm. while mid stride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow! Great. Oh yeah, see look, see look. This is uh um actually you know what I realized I was thinking of. For Mary and Pippin, I'm thinking of the the pony. I've talked about this pony before. The little dappled pony with the ridiculous name in Black Beauty that like to buck children off. Oh yeah. I just sent you a picture. Like that that kind of dappled. Like oh, solid yeah, yeah, solid yeah. dapple with mm-hmm. this kind of silver mane. Um yeah, kind yeah, of a darker yeah. dappled mm-hmm. body. Yeah. Okay, I have I have a quick additional challenge for you. What would their names be as ponies? Oh, that's not a quick challenge, Joey. <laughs> that's not a quick just, challenge. Okay, no, off the top of your head, just go. Go, 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 go. Uh, Sam Sam would have, like, an herb pony name. Like, Sam would be, like, Coriander or something. Mm, my um, favorite herb name. <laughs> Mary and Pippin would have a little matched set name. They'd probably be, like, Salt and Pepper, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, and Frodo, their their dapples. Mm-hmm. I feel like Frodo would have. Honestly, I feel like he would be named like Daisy or something. Oh, I was gonna say I feel like he'd have a a mouthful of a name. Mm, I can see that. Those are my my gut check answers. There, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um. So as we said at the top, um, next episode will cover the last three chapters of the two towers and then the episode after that will be the next chunk of the movie do we have anything else to say before the end nope i'm so i'm glad to be here at the end of all things with you mr joey yep let them pass let them pass (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening the music you heard at the beginning was horse by horse arranged and performed by Caitlin and Joey. That's us. You can listen to it again at soundcloud.com shadowfactspod. The cover art was made by Annie Johnston Click at Dancy Naru on Twitter. I'm Caitlin, my pronouns are they, them, and you can follow me at Chalo and Behold on Twitter. You can follow the show at shadowfactspod and email your horse-related Lord of the Rings questions to shadowfactspod at gmail.com. Joining me on this journey there and back again is... Joey. My pronouns are they, he, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoeyThePrince. If you want to read and watch along, check the episode description for the segment we'll cover next time. This has been Shadow Facts. One horse to rule them all! Ha 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 ha!